Yeah, we're good. There we go. I had forgotten to set my where my audio was actually being sent out to, so I was just hearing myself. And that's very awkward. Hello. <laughs> that that would have played so much better if anyone could have seen your face for that entire thing. <laughs> I think this is set up properly for just uh yeah. Look at that. I'm a little little wonky right now, if you can tell. I want it's um my air conditioners have been running full blast all day today. Uh like, excellent, as most people in the northern hemisphere yeah. have been. You wanna know what my temperatures are with my air conditioners at full blast? What do you got? In, in, I, 80, I can understand. 84. I, okay. Okay. And, and, but in American units for the rest of, of your, your fellow compatriots. No, that, that's 84 Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That is, that is the American units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 84. Well, I mean, you know, that's a little toasty. That's uh, 29. It's a roughly, little toasty. It's a little toasty. In, 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 your, in your freedom, non-freedom units. Do you, have you considered buying a new air conditioner? Um... The one down in that part of the apartment is working a bit better than this one. I have to look at this one. I think the filter might be clogged because it's like it'll run for a bit, but it can't mm. keep up with the amount of heat. Because this one's right next to the window, so I think my windows are just letting heat in. Probably. Do you, well, you have like blackout curtains and stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so you can see them. <laughs> you can have see you? Them yeah. There. Have you left them? Have you left them closed all day? Yeah. <laughs> Well, then they can't be letting that much heat into the friggin' room. Ah, it, uh, it's like 95 to 100 out there, so... I'm guessing since yeah. just given that you're in an apartment, like every other apartment yeah. in the history of the world, the heat is rising up through the building and you're just oh, catching yeah. heat through the floor. Uh, yeah, like, and that's... I'm, 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 I've, been, I've been having some fun with the heat. I imagine, <laughs> it's yeah. It's also like the, the only advantage of being inside versus outside is that it's not sticky in here. Yeah, that's the yeah, and I can live. I, I can. I, I know that it's like the most cliche thing in the world to say, but I can live with dry heat. Humidity yeah. makes me want to cry. Uh, and, uh, it's bad. This week has been weird because um, it was the Fourth of July week, so we had off yesterday, mm. and then Tuesday for me was like a half day. So it's like the week of two Mondays. Two Sundays, and like everyone's just thrown off. So on like, Tuesday at like one o'clock, it started pouring rain for like ten minutes, and my boss is like, "It's okay, we'll just leave ten minutes later. It's just a short commute, and then we'll be home, and we'll survive." And the moment we walked out the door, the first words: "This is a grown ass man who's got like ten years on me." He's like, "Oh my god, it's so sticky!" <laughs> it's like, and like the moment he said that, I'm coming out of the revolving door. And immediately, like, I can feel, like, my clothing and everything just, like, feels damp, grimy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I haven't even been outside for, like, three seconds. And it's like, oh, God, what the hell is wrong? I, I hate, I hate humidity. And, and, you know, it's the plight of a coastal city, right? You're just, you're going to get humid weather. And I'm this. Literally, like, two blocks from the water. Yeah, exactly. And this, like, uh, this heat wave, or what are they calling it? Like a heat dome? They're fucking calling I don't even it now know what or something. It is. It's just hot. First, we had like the uh, what was the winter one? That the new winter term they started using bomb cyclone. Does yeah, like the like the, <laughs> the some sort of weird cyclone name, and now yeah, we've it's got the bomb the, cyclone. Okay, now we and now we've got uh, now we've got the heat dome. Uh, and the entire northern hemisphere is just, just getting completely to, wrecked. And it's weird though, because like so. 
in New York, it's been like 80 to 90, 95, 100, whatever. Mm. That makes sense to me. That Polar Vortex. That Sorry, that was the one I was trying oh, to think of. That was the other one. That was, yeah, the there's two of them. one was a random, like, blizzard storm. Yes, yes. Um, the Polar then, Vortex. The thing is, a little bit to the north of us, in the middle of New York, not by, and when I say a little to the north, I mean like three or four hours north. Okay. A little town called Syracuse. Mm-hmm. We're, we're sitting here at like 95, and I'm like, okay, that's pretty bad. And I look at the temperature in Syracuse, and I'm like, Syracuse is the one place that gets like three feet of snow when we get like three inches of snow. <laughs> and they're sitting there at 102, and I'm like, oh. I'm like, what is going on? Like, right, like Toronto hit like 90 or something, and I'm just like, that's just weird. Yeah, we uh, Montreal has been in the 40s. Oh yeah, that's that's like brutal, and like they don't have the they don't have the luxury of having like the the, the Great Lakes right there, right? No, they have nothing. And yeah, so like there's Toronto at like, least has the Great Lakes to bring the temperature down a bit, but Montreal doesn't have any of that. It's yeah, like so there's been like seventeen or eighteen deaths now or something just from the heat and the humidity. The problem with the heat is that not that it's just really hot. It's that the temperature doesn't come down at night. So no, the it's the same stay, temperature all the time. It, the temperature stays in like the 70s and 80s, and it, like nothing can cool off. Mm-mm. Well, your air conditioner might be fighting the radiant heat of every other room in your apartment. However, <laughs> mine, working wonders. Uh, you know what? I'm going to let you have that. Because I've seen the other days where you've been like sitting there and like dying. So I'm I've, like, you know what, Adam, you deserve this win. Do, you well, this win. well, well. When we came home, Gabs and I went to the beach today, and when we came home for whatever reason, her office door was closed, and her office gets the morning and afternoon sun <laughs> directly all day, oh, and her curtains were open, and so when we walked into the room, or when she walked into the room. She opened the door because she didn't remember closing the door. Somebody, Joel probably just closed it at some point. Opened the door and it was like a thousand fucking degrees in that like room. Like a car. It was insane. I didn't. I was. I wish I looked probably at, the, at why, the thermometer. Probably why Joel closed it. <laughs> oh my god, it was insane. Uh, and then without the air conditioner in here, if I'm streaming, it'll hit about as hot as you're experiencing right now in like. Five minutes. Yeah. And it will just keep going and going to some stupid number until my legs swell and I end up dying of heat stroke or some stupid thing. So I'm very thrilled that these air conditioners do their job. Unfortunately, I have to turn them off for the podcast. So uh, I will be joining you. Mine's just in air mode right now. Even if it's actually set to cooling mode right now, but... It's not the cool the compressor and whatever is just not on. Yeah, I'm just getting like I'm just getting like a gentle like brush of like warm breeze. Yeah, I'm getting warm breeze, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, random moment for me to take a question from the chat, but it, but it happened. Dapbeard's asking me about how the rash was going because I couldn't wear antiperspirant or deodorant for like almost two the weeks. Rash. The rash. Well, it's not even a rash. It was like some sort of like fungal I thing that to, cropped up. I had to change deodorants because of the heat wave. Because like I've been sweating so much more, I actually had to change from. I had to change. You had to get the clinical protection. No, no, I just had to. I, I used to use like the uh, gel ones, like Speed Stick. I had to. Like, <laughs> I, it works. It works most of the time for me, and I'm good with it because it's like whatever. Mm. But I had to actually like, switch to like just like the. Um, 
Irish Spring like bar one. Oh whatever. yeah, yeah. Like I just like and I, I was like getting all like scratched. I'm like, what is going on? I do. And then I switched off, and I'm like, okay, I guess, Dude, I guess almost sweat and stuff just doesn't work. Almost two weeks. I wasn't able to wear any of that shit, and because of the infection or whatever it was going on, it smelled worse than usual. And I was just oh. sitting here in this room, smelling myself for hours on it. I was like, nobody else needs like needs to smell this, but I was just almost making myself did pass out. For did you try for freezing yourself? <laughs> just soaking myself in in like Febreze and Lysol. Uh, but uh, no, the the it it has been apparently handled. We are in the clear, and I am. Thankfully, wearing wonderful deodorant right now that's keeping me in in check. Although, as soon as that thing went away, I'm not somebody that smells particularly terrible when I'm sweating unless I'm like, I play basketball for two hours or something and then it gets particularly gnarly. But if I'm just sitting here. Yeah. So, guys, I'm going to divert the podcast a little bit just because just to give you guys a heads up. It was a very weak week in gaming news. Very weak. I yeah. am really good at just running my mouth about oh, absolute yeah. bullshit. Exactly. For so long I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about something that fits our current culture issues. All right, what do you get? Hit me up because I'm eating this so, delicious lemon cake right now. Actually, looks really good. <laughs> uh, so we were in uh, we were in Austin. Um, I think it was two weeks ago now um, for mm. a, like a little cousins reunion, and my brother and another cousin put me on to this YouTube series that's out there because um, my cousin and I, when I was in Virginia. Two weeks before that, um, we were watching Family Matters. You guys all know those 1980s and mm. 1990s sitcoms that were so wholesome in family entertainment. Family Matters was dope. Yeah. Um, about that, um, we watched like five or six episodes just randomly from the middle on Netflix. <laughs> okay. And we realized, um, yeah, that shit is cringy as fuck and would not be allowed <laughs> on TV right now. Like, Urkel legitimately would be like, cringy ass stalker and he'd probably be oh. labeled as a harasser oh 100 percent and oh, then you never see like the stuff, away with yeah you see the stuff that carl does and you're like okay maybe not yeah so we're like okay this doesn't really hold up as well like looking at sensibilities now but then my my brother was just like everyone mm. has fond memories of saved by the bell I have fond members of say, uh, memories of Saved by the Bell. However, I will preface this before you get into it, if you watched any, by saying that even as a child, I felt like that show got a little fucking weird a lot oh. of the time. Yeah, and I'm realizing it now as an adult, but that <laughs> show is so much worse than yes. everyone remembers it. There's actually a YouTube series, which I'm going to highly recommend everyone watch. It's from, uh, funnier that I put it out, but it's literally called Zach Morris's Trash. <laughs> I guarantee you're gonna like you're gonna start watching. They they have like uh, they have like seasons of episodes, but they're like short episodes. Um, and they literally will just pick one episode of the show, and they will go through it from start to finish and list all the trashy and fucked up things that Zach Morris does. Dude, Zach Morris was an asshole. No, dude, he like I was I watched like four of these episodes. I'm like, no, the dude was like a clinical psychopath, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> legitimately disturbed. Like, oh my god. <laughs> So yeah, um here's here's my question. What what show do you think would be the would be the worst show to bring forward and relaunch and and show on television today because of the current sociopolitical climate that we've got going on right now? From that era, honestly, any uh, any any era. 
Any era you because really you you go too far back. I was like back. thinking about all, I was thinking about all those shows I would watch when I was a kid because um, like it was a big discussion because like my cousins and I we all grew up on those shows we would like watch them at each other's houses and all this stuff so it was like of one of the discussions we were having mm-hmm. while we were just chilling because like a lot of us were just kind of super laid back trip we were watching Netflix in this Airbnb hanging out just relaxing chilling by the pool talking about shit like this and we went through like there's like Home Improvement Family Matters Say by the Bell. Um, Freshman's of Bel Air, um, Family Ties, and a bunch of them. Um, I don't know about which one would be the worst. Like, Family Matters was pretty bad in a lot of the tropes and racism in it, um, which was surprising. Um, Saved by the Bell, I think, would arguably be the worst if they were to bring it back in the same tone because just going over what they actually kind of do and the behavior and the stuff they were kind of trying to normalize and the relationships between... Like the adults and the kids and the fan and between it was just re- it's really actually kind of messed up. Mm. Um, things that I think would have held up actually decently well would probably be Home Improvement and like Fresh Prince. Man, Home Improvement. Like, I, I watched the entirety of Home Improvement. Yeah, so when like I was a two kid, years yeah. ago, no, oh. two years ago, I went back and watched it all again. Oh. Would it hold up? Absolutely. Yeah, like I watched it. I'm like, Absolutely. you know, I was. I'm just thinking back on all the episodes I watched. I'm like. No, they didn't really go anything too crazy. It wasn't too no. bad. It was good, wholesome entertainment. It no, it holds out. up. It holds up um, really, really, really well. Yeah, Full House was a bit weird, but um, even with the new with the new one out now, um, it actually kind of did hold up, which is surprising I, considering I Bob Saget much, being Bob Saget. Yeah, I don't know how much I could take the whole you know cut it out. I'd yeah, thing no, a, a thousand much, times. But, yeah, yeah. It was a little. But yeah, it was much. just surprising. I was I've like went back and looked at the old TV shows we used to watch through the lens of how people would see it now. Mm. I'm like a lot of these shows would not make it out on air. Married with Children is a good choice. That would be wild to try and see how people react to Married <laughs> with that, Children. Would that survive? Uh, probably not. Uh, and then if you go back even further than that, I'm, I've been didn't last. But that's though Roseanne. this this whole time that we've been having this conversation, I'm trying to think. Of the name of this show, and and it's it's well before that era. The, uh, if I had to place it, it's it's sixties. Probably a lot of the sixties and seventies stuff just wouldn't hold up. The gender roles were just too heavily um, discriminatory. Ah, uh, I just can't think of it off the top. Of my head's gonna drive me nuts. Beaver, uh, Wonder uh, Years. No, it was um, it was old disgruntled. It was another like kind of like. Um, Married with kind family. of like Married with Children. It was basically the precursor to Married with Children. And, and the, the actor who played the main role, his name, I, uh, f- f- it's escaping me and it's pissing me off. And uh, it, they had a major moment on that show where they tackled racism at a time that was... Was it All in the Family? Is that what It, it might did? have been All in the Family. Uh, Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker, the show Archie. Okay, so yes, it was okay. So the spinoff of All in the Family, you know, the Archie Archie Bunker's place or whatever, but it might have been from All in the Family. I can't remember, but anyway, Archie Bunker as a character, um, I would I would kill to see Archie Bunker as a character on television in 2018. That shit would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be incredible. Yes, good call, Astro, on that. Uh, helping me remember that thing. Uh, but yeah, there's there it, it's there's all sorts of 
of madness. And some of that will tie in, I'm sure, to what we've got going on in here um, for our topics. The first one, I'm just going to bang this one out because it's one that we found three minutes before the podcast started because we were scrambling to try and find anything to talk about we this We weren't week. even scrambling. We, we were going bottom of the barrel, boys. Yeah. Uh, so the next Xbox, apparently Microsoft is doing a, uh, an awful lot to try and talk with Japanese developers to find out what they would want in a console that would allow them uh, to make great games and to have them want to make great games on said console. Because the challenge for Microsoft, pretty much since they entered the gaming market, have been or has been cracking the the Japanese market. Every every single uh, console generation has been uh, a complete loss for them in Japan, and uh, which makes really. The fact that they held up with and even, I think, outsold PlayStation 3 during the PS3 uh, 360 era, that much more impressive because the PlayStation actually sold pretty much worldwide, whereas Microsoft is almost exclusively a North American and European uh, console. And it's still that way now. Like, Microsoft is still desperately trying to get into the market. So, what that means, I don't know. Will it work? Probably not. I don't actually understand... Well, I do kind of, but I... It's a complicated uh, problem. With the 360, the 360, they went out of their way to bring quite a number of Japanese games to the console. There was yeah, actually like Star a Star Ocean and stuff. They brought a lot of those like JRPG people in. Quite a bit of them. And, none of, and no, most of the games were actually also good uh, yeah. in general. None they of them helped were, parody to the Sony versions and the ones that came out on the PS3 at the time. Like, absolutely. So, Star Ocean played identically on both platforms. The only thing that comes to mind is that is that it's just Japan holding true to a Japanese manufacturer making a console, so they're going to buy the Japanese It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like the same problem you have in Africa. With It's, it's fiercely nationalistic. It's very hard for an American, like American company to come in and be like, we're going to make, you know, we're going to you know, do really, really well in Japan. Um, the only way I really see it working is if Microsoft just outright buys a Japanese developer or two and just says, you know what? You guys are still a Japanese company. Go do what you want to do and give us solid Japanese market games that you guys go and do. I, I feel like that's really, like, that's the thing, like, the only way they're going to sell it in Japan is if it's made by like a well-known or well-liked Japanese developer that's exclusive to Microsoft, which is going to be very hard to do. Yeah, that's going to be a really tough hill to climb. Otherwise, everyone's just going to be like, I'm just going to give it to Sony. Like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to give my money to Sony. Exactly, because you have the best chance at selling the most copies if you're going to give yeah. exclusivity to anyone. you're going to, If you're a Japanese developer, PlayStation 4 or PlayStation in general is the way to, is the way to go. So... Uh, I mean, I, I'm always rooting for Microsoft on that because it. I mean, competition's always yeah. good, but yeah. The problem it's, is it's also tough. Microsoft. Like Sony's caught up in a lot of stuff, but Microsoft, in general, has always pushed the North American heavy title, which makes sense. They're a North American company. Yeah, which yeah. Is shooters, action games, and things that games. Japan doesn't and Japan's care about. Like Japan's <laughs> like, no, I, I want my long form single player story games. Where I can marry all the anime waifus exactly. and do all that other stuff. Who doesn't want to marry all the anime waifus, though? This is true. 
It's, I think that's everyone wants wants to experience that in their lifetime. Moving on to something with absolutely zero segue. Phantom Lord. There's a Actually, name. Actually, before we, before we do that, let's go to the fourth item, uh, fifth item on the uh, list. Sorry. <laughs> Google Gaming Panic Console Oh Yeah or Ouya. I can't believe you were. I, you know what? I actually considered typing out on our list. I hate you for this fucking title because it's like <laughs> it's like if it's it's like if Kotaku wrote a fucking thing, except there'd probably be something more sensationalist in there, like Google Gaming racist console. Oh yeah, or ooh yeah, like it had to be something even crazier. Uh, um, yeah, I did actually write that in the topic sheet just to piss Adam off, guys. Uh, <laughs> that hurt my soul. Uh, it hurt mine too. I got an Ouya in the cabinet back there. So do I. I have a numbered one uh, so here. I. At those. I got that, yeah. like the like the that, like the gold rose gold one. Oh yeah, it's stupid. Uh, I'm yeah. so salty at myself uh, for doing it. I mean, well, not really. It was a cool idea. It just they couldn't get anyone to make games for it, and it kind of sucked it up. So this one's kind of weird. I've been getting weird. Like I haven't seen any major outlet directly publish it i've been seeing it kind of floating around and again we're scraping bottom of the barrel this week there's not a lot of um Mm. substance this week for some reason guys don't know why um probably the post e3 glut or whatever but um google has been kind of doing like hidden media briefs with companies and like one or two journalists at a time and also with developers and they're like sounds like they've been trying to put together hardware for a streaming gaming platform. Um, and again, this is a lot of this is rumor and conjecture, but one of the people who was interviewed was kind of like saying, doesn't sound like they know what they want, but they're talking about things like titles like The Witcher running in tabs on Chrome style like thing where it's a streaming service. Oh boy. <laughs> and they're trying to figure out what they want to get developers on board to make their high quality games for whatever streaming platform it is. Um, they they talk about some stuff in the article link, but it's kind of like it, it, they're talking I did dedicated hear about hardware. This. Like I yeah, did it's hear like talking about this, like yeah. it's like it's like dedicated hardware with like controller and stuff for the living room, but software is like streaming into the platform. So I'm. It's what another are your one. It's another. On it? Well, it's it's it, we we kind of had this discussion three or four weeks ago right when we were discussing yeah, when we we're talking what's the future of gaming the viability of uh of streaming video games in the in the current you know current market and i mean if they're just doing preliminary run around and talk to some people and stuff this is something that could still be five eight some long we it might not even happen they might just be literally pissing in the wind and just just going out doing some random uh, discussion just to see what happens, and maybe they decide to to, to go in on it. The interesting thing, I actually I I, I looked at it and I'm like, it kind of makes sense, um, but I've also had to think about Google's track record, which really kind of turns mm. me off to the idea. I'll kind of go into that in a bit, but if you think about it, um, there are three major cloud service providers. There's Microsoft with Azure, Amazon. Amazon with their Elastic Cloud and all the crazy AWS stuff they've got going on, and Google. Mm. IBM has some too, though, don't they? Uh, that's more enterprise. That's very oh, okay. enterprise. Oh, okay. um, Google, right. like, I'm talking like available to every. Like, if, you, if oh, I wanted to like go right rentable now, rentable server spaces. You can consumer. anyone can go to those guys and be like, I want this thing, and you can right, get right, it. Right. You can get it next day for whatever you want. Although, I mean, you technically know? speaking, in, with this kind of application, enterprise wouldn't be out yeah. of the question. Oh yeah. So. 
The interesting thing is Microsoft obviously is in the gaming space. Amazon, people don't realize, but they have a couple of studios under their umbrella that have been working on stuff. They also bought the CryEngine and they have Lumberyard and a lot of stuff, you know, we haven't seen a lot with it, but that stuff's coming. And they've been dumping a ton of money into it. Um, And the thing is, you can get a lot of data from gaming. So Google, I feel like they might be doing this because they might realize they're getting left out of a huge demographic and market of data. Um, Are we talking about big data panic? Everyone's favorite word, ultra large data, hyper data, hyper metadata. I'm going to be like, they want to know your fetishes data, Adam. All right. I want to know how long you spend on the hair and the character creator data. That sounds like hyper data to me. Yeah. So like I found it interesting. It makes sense that Google will kind of do it. And out of all the other companies that are around, if anyone else is going to kind of jump in to the console and gaming space, Google is really one of the few companies that has the money to do it. We um, talked about that actually before yeah. the conversation that we had talked about. Just yeah. you know, Google's the only one really, other than, well Apple, but yeah, Facebook too. Yes, but but, but they, they got the stupid money. People, These people are stupid who would, money companies. people who would actually make the console versus people yeah. who had the money for it, because technically lots of people have the money for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's kind of like it's kind of a weird place, but at the same time. I don't feel like Google would execute on it really well. Like, if you look at everything Google has kind of done, it's always kind of half-assed with that beta label. Um, so I feel like this will go worse than, you know, any of the other developers. Because Google kind of, ha- they you look at it with the Pixel. The Pixels are always kind of, you know, sort of half-assed designs. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they have good hardware inside but the execution is kind of not as great as some of the other flagships. Google um, are, is not home to a great number of designers. They're home to yeah, a great not, number they're, of engineers. They're not even good for full execution of product. I mean, mm. look at Google Glass. Look at Chrome OS. Well, I feel like look Google. At Chromebooks. I feel like, like Google is just a very wealthy uh, yeah. think they, tank. They, they just do projects. They yeah. They hire people and then uh, that are good at their jobs, and then they let them bring like every everything into the office, including their pets. And then they go, okay, just go think of some shit. And like that's like they get paid to just think of some shit. They'll cut, they come up with useful stuff, and that's where they yeah. make their money. Like they have Waymo going and building driving cars, which are actually probably the most reliable ones so self driving cars so far. Mm-hmm. They, they you know they've got they've got their little silos that do really well. But historically, if you look at a lot of their product launches. For like physical hardware products, yeah, not they're great. Not that great. <laughs> no, I agree. A uh, Google, yeah, yeah. Felio and Chad's talking about Google Plus. Google Plus is a absolute failure oh, uh, beyond belief. Google Wave, Google Phone, Google but they can afford. Chat. But they can afford to take risks, right? Which I no, guess that's what is, I'm saying. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm not against them taking this risk, but historically they haven't executed. So that's gonna yeah. that's gonna hold a lot of people back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I. Uh, Am I interested in a in a Google video game console? Uh, mm. When I just say those words out loud, the answer is no. Now, I kind of want to laugh. Would that change maybe if it turns out to be good? Sure, but right now, in in the here and now, I'm not somebody, be a, I would not be a day zero buyer. I'm not. I'm not sold. No, especially if it's a streaming thing, uh, because for all the reasons I said in the other podcast, it's just the internet is not ready for that shit yet. And by the internet, I should say I should clarify. 
the average the average internet experience available to consumers in North America is not ready for that shit yet. And arguably Europe isn't either um, in, in its entirety. The, the total market that you'd be exposing yourself to probably between now and five years from now is still going to be not enough to go wholeheartedly in on streaming only, which is why we still have these hybrid situations of streamability with uh with physical downloads and physical copies of games because it's just not there yet like there there are people coincidentally with google fiber that would be totally good uh for whatever the hell they want to have you know they have a gigabit you know port on their motherboard and they're just running fiber into the house done you could do that all day you could you could stream shit at 8k and it would be fine (laughs) Um, so it's, it's just a matter of, uh, of the, you know, the, the deal that Google fiber isn't everywhere. <laughs> they had, um, Google fiber is they're They pretty much, they're done. Like they're not going anywhere else. They're just going to keep serving the areas they have. They're not expanding. They couldn't find a way to make it work for them. And, you know, that's with a slam dunk value proposition of the consumer. Uh, uh well, it's probably part of the reason why it didn't take off because yeah. it is a slam dunk value proposition to the consumer. The, like, I, I don't think it's a problem of. Uh, I think I think everyone listening to this podcast and everyone in America, yeah. if it was available to them, they would pay for Google Fiber. The problem is oh, they need to generate the funds or bite the bullet and lay down the cable uh, to these areas to even they have service the cable. them. Oh, Everywhere. Um, here's the thing about the United States. Um, 80% of the fiber or so is dark, as in no one's using it. We have a, we have a metric fuck ton of fiber laid out but is it the in, country. Yeah, but is it, in, is it running right up to residential areas is what I'm saying. Like, it's probably running through major cities and everything, and, it, and it's they being have fiber untapped. They, they have fiber to the nodes, um, which is pretty, pretty crazy for a country level. We actually have really good fiber coverage. Yeah. It's just that no one friggin' uses it. And effectively, what Google would have to do, even if they don't offer fiber to the premise, they can offer kick-ass internet for most areas. Mm. Um, so it'd be fiber, fiber to the, the node. Well, it'd be fiber to the node, copper to the house. You could get yeah. pretty good. Well, that's what Eastlink is here. Yeah, is you, can, fiber you, can, yeah you can easily get half gigabit per house <laughs> on that. No problem. Yeah. The problem is um, it, it's like permitting and stuff. Like even though – and they can buy the – like these are – the dark fiber is owned by smaller companies that laid out the fiber and they were ex- – because they were expecting the fiber optic boom to happen in like the 80s and 90s. <laughs> it never happened. A little so early. All the cable – yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Like fiber optics have been around for a very long time. Oh, absolutely. But, Just but not – And they laid, all, they laid all the cable. Um so it you know people will buy fiber from regions, um, you know for coverage and stuff. Um, the only time they'll run new fiber is if someone specifically needs a line from point A to point B, and they specifically need their dedicated line. That's so rare, who? But it so so who's who's cock blocking them then? Um, it's a lot of the time it's the local franchise agreements for regions. It's like the, how the nationwide cable networks are set up. Mm-hmm. It's um, cities and localities and, you know, even sometimes larger counties will have restrictions on who's allowed to sell services in that area. Mm-hmm. And then as part of that, it's who's allowed to use the utility poles and the network channels and stuff. So that's 
I know it's a scary thing to say for a lot of people, but it sounds like that's that's like government intervention time where local if they politicians. so that's where it's that's where it happens like that's where you'll see a lot of those fcc complaints and you'll see mm. places like north carolina and other pl- places in tennessee and stuff where we'll be like we want to roll out municipal fiber so here's the thing when they say they want to roll out municipal fiber a lot of the times it's not oh we want you to dig in lake cable it's oh we want you to install the you know, termination points and the hardware needed to use mm. all this fiber cable we have laying around. Mm-hmm. That's what it is a lot of the time. The only time they're going to be really digging and laying new cable is for new areas that weren't around when they were building at that time. So, yeah, that's just... <laughs> it's, it's sad, actually. It's such a weird... Uh, it's, such, it's so stupid. Uh, like, because all I can all I can think of is that for all the all the bureaucratic fuckery that is involved in all, in that at this point, that's over the span of thirty years. All I can think of is is that from if I was a government official of any kind, whether I'm, whether I'm at the local level or otherwise, all I can think of is my country is literally wasting what is possibly the most valuable resource on Earth right now, which is not only the easy access to the internet, but good, reliable, and fast access to the internet, which is pretty much the defining factor between a country that is kicking ass and a country that is sucking dick. <laughs> so actually, one of the big... Um, I'm reading up a bit on it. So one of the big reasons why a lot of the fiber is dark okay, um, is so in late 1980s, early 1990s, and partially through 2000, um, telecom was huge of course um and fiber was and copper was reaching its limit but mm-hmm. then when dsl and all the other stuff started coming around in 2002 2003 um there was a lot of advancements made on like doxis and a lot of the ways to mm. actually leverage copper a lot more um so they got a lot more life out of that copper but they had already laid a metric fuck ton of fiber um so there were originally a lot of these networks had built out on the premise that they'd be able to charge like 1200 a mile for fiber cable usage and like leasing it out and like multiplexing and allowing other companies to like mm-hmm. use the networks because mm-hmm. one one mile of fiber can service you know 10 20 times the number of people on it mm-hmm. than the same length of copper so if they can do the same it's like leasing it to other networks and companies they would have made a t- they would have made a killing but then the pricing dropped to like less than $200 for that same mile <laughs> so it, it's just like um, a lot of those companies went out of business. Uh, they were kind of bought up by other companies, and the cables just lay in there waiting. Holy shit. So they had built it out for the boom, but then the telecom kind of was like, oh, copper still works really well. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I'm I'm just happy here that in, in little old, you know, middle of nowhere, Nova Scotia, we're like a fiber landing point. And so well, we you're, have, you're on the shoreline. Yeah. So we have uh, very easy access to it. And, and the eastern part of Bell, Bell Alliant, which is really just when Bell bought Alliant, which was the East Coast uh, telecom. And that happened ages and ages ago. Thankfully, they've kind of left Bell Alliant to their own devices for the most part. And we have mm-hmm. far better internet uh, packaging here than they do in the rest of the country. Uh, and so we're not really, 
We're not really hurting for internet here. We we, we might be in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, but um, I There's I've been paying. <laughs> I remember when I first got into to fiber, and it was like one hundred uh, down, thirty up, and then I've been pay. I've been basically in the same package since fiber first landed here, and they just keep upping the speeds, and I'm paying the same amount of money. I mean, we're at the point now where the last time. Uh, I was paying uh, for 300 down, 100 up, and then randomly at some point in the last, like, I don't know, six months or even less, uh, they were like, fuck it, just 300 in either direction. So now it's just, uh, I could just run my own Tor server out of the bed, <laughs> out of my bedroom, uh, and it just keeps going, it just keeps going uh, up and up and up. And they've, I was talking to the techs when they were here, and he said basically that's uh, that's all they have to do because... As soon as competition crops up, all of the infrastructure is there. It's fiber into the house to the to an ONT on the router. So they just it's straight in. So they just press a button and the speed just huh and it's just done. And and they're and they're good for uh, you know basically a gig in when either we direction. Were, when we were setting up the uh, the the fiber or sorry the internet connection for the uh, stream house where which we were working on, um, I talked to the provider out in the area. And we were like, we need uh, we needed gigabit symmetric, yeah, um, because there's going to be five or six people streaming it simultaneously, of course. Um, and we wanted it to be redundant, so I was just like, you guys, they're they're trying to get space in the complex, but the complex wasn't going to give them utility closet space. So we were just like, we'll give you utility closet space in our property, like you can right the property, so you can have a cabinet that you can lock up that you can access from the outside attached to the property, mm. and just you just have to give us a discount on it, but you know, that'll be the place where you're allowed to do it. And the complex wasn't going to let them. And we talk with the complex. They're like, look, if you're willing to put it on your property and let them deal with the surfacing, go for it. So I was just like, oh, what? So do you have to, like, dig and run cable from, like, out on the street? They're like, oh, no. Uh, the cable termination point is like, and he literally just pointed. He's <laughs> like, it's like right there at the curb. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, no, it's right there. We just have to, we just have to, like, dig a little thing and maybe, maybe, like, What's this like seventy feet? <laughs> yeah, we had to put like seventy feet of cable, and and yeah, you're done. Like, okay, and he's just like, we just haven't been able to get anyone to allow it. I'm just like, okay, all right, well, uh, I'll start digging. I thought, th- I thought this was gonna be like this huge thing. He's like, no, he's just like, it's literally just this like little thing of fiber. He's just like, no, that's all you need. <laughs> and then there's just like, it's just a normal ass ONT like everything else. Yeah, exactly. We was giving you the direct fiber for the gigabit. Holy shit! Yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing, but that's a, a roundabout like, yeah, discussion. Like right that's a roundabout discussion to say uh, no. Yeah, Google Google coming up with a stream box is probably not, not going to be good, so well. uh, and it won't be for a good long while unless they have some some sort of technological fuckery that I've never <laughs> seen or heard tell of that will be able when do to. You think we'll see it if we do see it. Well, we're gonna. We've already seen it, right? We've we've had services that have tried already, and they're still they're still trying. So it's uh, it's yes. already it's already here. Like on live was like famously the the biggest push uh, for one uh, that we've had to to this point. Um, it's here. I guess the question becomes: When is it going to be good? Uh, and Google's GG platform, the Get Good platform. I mean, the Get Good platform, and I'm gonna say uh, we're probably pushing ten ten years. Google, I'm gonna give you some advice for free. 
um, one, you should hire me if you want to make this work well. Two, you should not <laughs> hire Don Metric. <laughs> I think the world understands now after he went to uh, he went to uh, the, what was it? Zynga. Zynga and just tanked them after the, he tanked Microsoft. I think, I think he's even done. even still around? If they are, it's not because Don Metric's there, I can tell you that much. Uh, apparently they're still around. No, oh, there you go. They're, you know, as soon as Clash of Clans came out, Pretty much destroyed everything everyone else was doing. Here's a random tidbit uh, that has nothing to do with anything we have written down here. Clash of Clans has made an estimated over $4 billion. Just wrap your head around that bad boy. And then when you, the next time when your favorite video game company comes out with like a fucking gotcha game based on an IP that you love and hold dear, but it's not coming out on a, on a fucking console, that's why. $4 billion panic one game and it probably cost them about a million bucks to make the game and now they just run ads once in a while they do it at the super bowl they do the thing and then they just make money endlessly and people wonder why command and conquer came out as a mobile game exactly this is what i'm wonder why they're like why would a company like and look i love gaming we all love gaming if you're listening to this podcast you probably love gaming. Yes. But let's let's take a step back as a normal human being who may not be a gamer. Why would you spend a billion dollars to make something that may make, you know, $1.5 billion <laughs> when you can spend a million dollars and make $4 billion? Exactly. Like, why? Like, what? Why would you? Yeah. Why? Like, and the answer is because a passion... Now, now, guys, <laughs> I, I will actually say this, um, and this will probably get me murdered Uh-oh. on the comments. Uh-oh. Well, I luckily, actually... there's only like 10 comments a week. So like, yeah, you, it's you all gotta... right. Someone called me out for going to watch the pre-release movie for Jurassic World the other day. Well, you know, it's one in 10. It's a, yeah. good, it's a good chance. One in 10. You, it's good 10%, odds. 10%, man. It's good odds. But, um, honestly, Right now, Command and Conquer Rivals does not have any of the microtransactions in place. Mm. It's actually a pretty fun game for what it is. It's a mobile RTS think- game that actually captures the RTS market really well. I've been playing it a lot, and I actually like it. I'm surprised. He, okay, you know that meme, the, the hard-to-swallow pill meme yeah. that's been floating around? <laughs> All right, here's a hard-to-swallow pill. Command and Conquer is never going to come back and be relevant the way that you want it oh, to. Yeah. All right, guess what? it's not going to happen. There was an itch I never knew I had, and that was... Sometimes I really need to play an RTS when I'm on the crapper. And Command and Conquer Rivals fills that niche so perfectly well that I am very happy with it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it looked fun. I watched it. I'm it's not actually even, pretty fun. I'm not a mobile games guy. I'm probably still not going to play it. But to me, it looked like it looked it looked fun and it looked it appropriate. The, it captures the full RTS experience of micro and macro and yeah. controlling the units and doing quick strategy. In a three-minute game, which I can play on a train ride or on the toilet, I'm down with that. It's fun. If I wish there was going to be a Command and Conquer on the PC, but I know for I know realistically that's not going to happen. That you know it's not popular right now. Mm. It maybe in like ten years I'll see it again. But I would rather have Command and Conquer the franchise be successful, even if it's on mobile, because it'll keep the franchise alive in EA's mind and in people's minds, so that we may see something else with it later on. That's not Command and Conquer Four. You know the next the next generation that gives a shit about yeah. RTS. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's a good game though. 
surprisingly. It, it looks it looks it looks fun. All right, now we get to go with no segue. Yeah. To Phantom Lord. Oh my god. It's a name it's a name that only comes up now whenever litigation is involved. You don't actually hear about Phantom Lord doing anything else these days. You just you just see his smug fucking face show up in like a thumbnail like, you know, ex live streamer sues United States of America for crimes against humanity. We're probably going to get sued. The main reason we put that on there so that we get sued and get some publicity. Yeah. You know, just run it run it up. Any publicity, good publicity. I it uh, so Phantom Lord apparently threatens a Reddit subreddit. He's gone there. Everyone's thought about doing it. Live stream Phantom, fails. But Phantom Lord's doing it. Uh and this is for is it live stream fails? Is that the subreddit? Yeah, he's going after the live stream fails subreddit. Uh oh, there's that smug face. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm just gonna bring this here you go. Check this out right here. here right in panic over top of panic's face. There it is. It's the why face. Not, why not on top see. of Jeff's face? Uh because I mean. because I because the way that this scene is set up, there is actually no screen space for me to put it over top of Jeff's face. <laughs> uh but you're back. You're back on camera. You're good. All right, <laughs> you've been brought. You've been brought back from uh, from the dead. So there, there's there's the face. James Phantom Lord Varga currently in uh, is currently in a legal battle with Twitch over his high profile ban in 2016, but that hasn't stopped him from threatening to file another lawsuit. Uh, it's like it's like Phantom Lord has just turned himself into uh, one of those. Um, uh, what are they called? Uh, you know those those companies that that literally are just patent set trolls. up patent trolls. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. The Phantom Lord has become a patent troll, and so, he's just out there to sue the world. There's a there's there's some so <laughs> pretty much what ended up happening was Phantom Lord got banned from Twitch for you know that whole CS:GO shuffle skin thing. Yeah, that was that, that was yeah. his his deal. He owned the gambling site that he was showing off and allegedly rigging it. Um, no disclosure, and, no anything. Just yeah, so. Crazy. Eventually got banned because it was a big deal. Um, now, hilariously enough, they came up with a new concept called VGO skins. No um, way. Yeah. Now, here's the thing with the VGO skins. What does they VGO even, stand for? I have no idea, but they don't even show up in games. They're not tied to games and stuff. They're, they're just skins. Yeah, for the site. Okay, so he he created a roulette machine or like a or a one arm bandit machine that's literally just to collect skins and skins alone to show off to your friends because you got a rare skin. Is that what I'm like? Is that that's what I think it is? It's got to be more than that. Can you link it in, in the stream chat if you if you find that website? Um, here's the thing. It's called literally called this one's called VGO Unbox. I was okay. just looking at it. I was like, what is going on? Guys, we don't endorse this product by any way, shape, or form. We're just doing it no. so you guys can see it. I pretty much don't endorse anything that Phantom Lord does at this point. So just as a blanket statement. All right, VGO Unbox. So these are like weapon skins and stuff that don't actually apply in-game or come up in-game, and they're not tied to the game. So if this question, unboxing streams have been banned, but this is technically a game... In itself, about unboxing, does that get past Twitch at this point? Because it's... it's, I don't know. That's what I don't know. That's why I'm confused. And effectively, this is is where it gets fun. 
They're using blockchain. Uh, uh, dude, I was just about to say, good news, Panic. They're on the Wax blockchain, and Waxcoin got, got all sorts of pumped up for uh, for uh, being involved with video game uh, yeah. video game stuff. But yeah, anyway, that looks crazy. So yeah, he's, he's suing a subreddit. Because they said this is probably another scam, and they pointed out his stream. So, and it just got funnier from there. So is so where does Phantom Lord stream now? Is he just on like I think he's on YouTube stream. YouTube now or some shit? Yeah. Um it's funnier because he threw he threw down like against the mods and sent them like a legal like threatening letter and the mods came back with Actually, hold on. Um this is the exact response. I'm going to quote it exactly. Okay. Um so the slash r live stream fail mods would suggest to you, Phantom Lord, that if you wish to pursue your business ventures free of judgment from the greater Reddit community or the community of r slash live stream fail, specifically, that you don't stream yourself interacting with your own gambling site directly. <laughs> well, I mean, what is so? What is what is his basis here? Is it slander? Like what? Or, or like or or libel? Like what is he going yeah, after them for? Pretty much, he's saying um, any further allowance of posts or posts like this will result in legal action um, that will involve your moderation team and Reddit staff. Effectively, um, people have been saying it's like a scam and stuff, and posting right. it. Um, so he's he got upset by that. Okay, well, here's the problem with with that is that pretty much that would die in a courtroom in about five seconds. So I oh, think instantly. he's I think he's just trying to like trying swing to like his swing his e dick around and and see if they they will stop. Just I feel okay. Look, I feel like some of these people now think that the the internet is completely now the, the internet's not exactly a legal team reincarnate but with the amount of content creators and stuff that exist and with the amount of absolute fuckery that's gone on in the last several years people are getting a little wise to what flies and what doesn't in this in this land in this space Mm -hmm. uh and and uh, a bunch of people on on a reddit subreddit talking about the fact that you're probably scamming some more people doing this shit is not grounds for legal action. For legal action, I'm sorry. Like, no matter how hard you want that to be the case so that you can make more money, uh, that's not going to to happen. I don't know why this dude is still at it. This dude is a million, multi-millionaire. And maybe it's because he's got this thing going because he needs to help fund his, his other litigation issue with Twitch. Like, he's, like he's going to run into money if he keeps this tied up long enough. And good luck with that, I guess, because Twitch is going to win that battle too. I don't, like. I just don't understand. I don't get it. And like he had, like uh, this is this is like a series of moves that don't make sense to me. You're already making millions of dollars off of your gambling website. You go out of your way to do something as flippant and ridiculous as promote it yourself with no disclosure, no anything, rig the system. Then when you get called out on it literally disappear into the mists, at which point you should have stayed there because you got away with a slap on the wrist in one of the most ridiculous fucking cases I've ever seen. He actually got away scot-free for all intents and purposes. Nothing happened. And he had all that money out of all that shit that went down. And still, that wasn't good enough 
for Phantom Lord. He had to come back for more. He had to stick his head back out for for what extra money that he, I guess, decided he could make after all this money was already in his pocket. And goes after a website now bought out and owned by Amazon, thinking that he is going to be able to outsue a fucking behemoth company over something that even if it wasn't a behemoth over a company, private platform. Oh my god! Can you imagine the the just the. I simply don't want to do business with you is a good enough response for private companies. Yes, you don't need, you you literally, there's no grounds there for him. Twitch just says, I don't want you here, goodbye. And that's it, it's a private organization. There was no hate speech, there was no racist anything, there was no, there was nothing that, that in the, in the small subsection of it wasn't like Phantom Lord got pregnant and he got fired for being pregnant. Like this is not some shit that that he's gonna get anything out of. And yet here he is, Phantom Lord. Yeah, Phantom Lord versus Jeff Bezos. Just just who wins? Two smug faces enter, only one leaves. Everyone loses, everyone and everyone loses. loses forever. Well, there you go. So good luck with that, Phantom Lord. Um. You do you, boo boo. Why you would? Why would you? Why you would even entertain staying in that space is fucking beyond me. Um, the only time that we hear his name, like I said, now is is if he's suing somebody or is being sued. That's it. You don't hear about his regular stream. You don't hear about him doing anything. He's not doing like you just you just don't hear shit unless he's out there, you know, in the midst of a courtroom battle with Gloria, you know, Redall or whatever the hell her name was. All right, so Phantom Lord doing his thing. What else we got here? Hey, coincidentally, there is a segue here. Twitch is doing its thing. Um, And by some accounts, it's doing it poorly. Shocking development for many people, I'm sure. Uh, However, for what I read up on... It came down hard this time around. Yeah, it came down hard this time around. And there's been a number of of bands this week um, on the site... To, that, that have been of varying degrees. And the two that we've got here are um, of, of higher, higher profile streamers, uh, both of which who are already known to be uh, who, walking the razor's edge most of the time in terms of what they say and how they say it. Uh, and they both, got, uh, they both got slapped for it hard. Yeah. So, Destiny, who anyone in the StarCraft community would know who that is, uh, is one of them. And then, is it Mo or Moe? Well, because he's la- his last the last letter is capitalized, so I don't. I'm gonna, I don't, go I'm gonna call him Mo. I've been calling him Mo. Yeah. So, um, they both get. Did they both get hit with the same length? Because okay, so, thirty days. Yeah. So 30 Destiny days. is thirty days. And so is Mo then. So both of them 30-day bans. Apparently, Destiny got tagged for um a couple of things, actually. A couple of things. Yeah. So what do you what do you know about, about um, that? One was um a homophobic homophobic slur of the F variety. Ah, he, um, yes. Okay. One was a bundle a liberal, of sticks. Yes. Um one was a liberal use of the R word. Um, or mentally, um, mentally handicapped, or he called somebody retarded. Panic. 
I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this in a politically correct way. Adam. I, I got you. I got you. I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to get us so we don't get a 30 day ban. Okay, Adam. I'm just it, look. If, if we get a 30 day ban for reporting the word that they used, I mean, come on. Now that would just be. Well, um, I wouldn't be shocked. But yeah, continue. Now here's the thing. Destiny is of Hispanic descent, which I actually didn't know, but I found out he is. Um, and he mm. made a comment um, about something that his mom would talk about that it was actually pretty racist about Mexicans and stuff. Um, and I think a combination of those three, Twitch kind of like Twitch kind of said, "We're banning you for this reason." They sent him evidence for like this reason, and then other people were saying, "You can't do this in the middle." So it's like he's <laughs> like, "I'm assuming it's some combination of the three was his probably, response. probably." Um, Mo went straight the bundle of sticks route very mm. publicly. Um, it actually caused like a big uproar on Twitter because. Another controversial figure came out of defense saying it's ridiculous that he can't say what he's trying to say. You all know it wasn't his intent. He was using the word that was originally intended as a bundle of sticks. No, he wasn't, but that's okay. Yeah. So, like, that was a whole big thing. Um, So it's just like, and again, kudos to Twitch for actually, you know, enforcing some of the rules. But I'm, I'm still confused because... They hit these guys with 30-day bans, but in other cases, they don't do anything, and it's just like, well, what I are mean, they? there's I think, no consistency. I don't know about Mo, but I know Destiny's been banned in the past for oh, yeah. for language use, so it, this is not his first rodeo, so I imagine that's probably why they went this route. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how I feel about, about the language thing. To be honest, it's it it all kind of feeds into um, thirty days is harsh. I think. Yeah, I it's it's really it's it's tough because what do you? It is it's a it's another it's another case of it's a private business and they can choose how you know who's you know representing them and who and and who isn't who's allowed to be in the. It's like it'd be like a restaurant. You can choose who you want to be in the restaurant, who you want to serve. Doesn't matter. You can. Do whatever, unless of course it's a racial thing. Then all of a sudden it's a legal issue, which which brings me to my point here is I don't like when it comes to the speech thing. Um, in general, I find it I I find it not I don't I don't I don't think odd is the right word, but I find it um disingenuine. Where we draw lines, like at a societal level, it's weird. So, like we can, you know, and and language shifts and and acceptability shifts. Like if if you and I uh, were watching, like we like the TV shows we talked about in in, like if you say bastard and bitch in the seventies, I was like. Yes, yeah, exactly. But now you hear it on like just like you're allowed to say bitch on primetime TV until Carlin until Carlin did his you know seven words you know uh, yeah. skit or or whatever I can't remember the exact uh, what it was what it, but you know what I mean so yeah. like things things shift and and change and acceptability varies and it's like the, uh, further along we get in general until more recently where everything is a is a problem again um 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to like word this without coming off as saying like so what he you, said is okay because yeah, I don't want, well, I don't want to, I want to preface it by saying what what was said is not necessarily okay. I feel uh, it's a problem that we have to constantly it. preface everything we say with. I don't. It's just like it's like, also kind of silly. Yeah, but you have it's to like do it. every single time we have to hedge our bets before we say something. We have to yeah, be like, yeah. look, we don't. It's like because we know someone's because the problem is now everyone's just kind of listening and waiting for you to say something to screw up so they can catch you saying it. So now you have to like preface it immediately beforehand. So if someone says, oh, my God, you said this, you yeah. can be like. Yeah, but you're taking it out of context. If you go like three seconds before that, I actually yeah. said I don't do. It's like it's all CY. Yeah, you have to because people people will weaponize you know yeah. your words, which is why I'm trying harder and harder to be more specific about everything that I say on the internet because it's just like you have to uh, the or not even just on the internet in general. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so uh, my view of it is I, I just get, I, I think it's very disingenuous how we, uh, um, at least, I, I'm, I'm going to speak for North America because Canada and the States are pretty similar. Um, I'm We're not all hosting and, the World Cup together in like two years or three years. Oh, oh boy. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I feel like, I feel like it's a bit, uh, just a bit disingenuous. I guess that's all I can say about it. I feel it's a bit disingenuous because uh, what ends up happening is you end up with a lot of these lines being drawn in a thousand different places. um, And if you're going to, if you're going to crack down on somebody, this is, I guess this is my more direct take on the Twitch situation. If you're going to crack down on somebody um, for, for saying, one word that's offensive then you have to be cracking down on other people for saying other words that are more offensive regardless of race so if you've got a black streamer dropping n-bombs if we're going to take issue with the word itself um and not and not the intent if that's how it's going to be taken not as a as a case-by-case basis of intent but we're going to blanketly ban certain language from being used on this website because it's it's their website and they can choose how they want it because they're afraid of how their brand is affected and that's perfectly fair. Mm-hmm. Then there has to be more equal distribution of how this is done but then the question becomes, you know, we get all the way back to what line, you know, where do we, where do you stop? Where do you stop I'm, the line? What is, what I'm is offensive even argue, to, to somebody I'm else? I argue it goes even further. Like the problem is, and this is my whole problem with how Twitch is enforcing the TOS across the board. Mm. Um, they're, they're hitting people who do legitimately illegal problems like DMCA violations that got hit with 24 hour bans. Okay. That sucks. Right. You know, first time warning, whatever. Someone who says something, you know, spur of the moment, whatever. 30 days is extreme. Like, I would expect, like, you know, if they want to go hard, go for, like, a week or two-week ban or something. Mm. Or even come up with something in the middle where it's like, look, we're going to demonetize you for a month. Like, yeah, know, that's your punishment. Um, what That's, that's you know, there's different things. But they're doing, like, they went with a straight ban for that. And for me, language isn't, you know, that that's something that you, you should be held accountable for. But... The more important thing is the visual aspect. There's a lot of offensive visual things that streamers do 
across the board. But Twitch doesn't bat an eye towards that. They don't care. They don't see it. They don't do anything about it. So there's like all these things that and it's like you said, you have this whole spectrum of offensiveness that's different for everyone. Mm. And Twitch is kind of just like everyone's making a lot of noise about this. So I guess we'll just ban this for 30 days. This I think is actually a lot more offensive, but no one said anything. So we're just going to not do anything about it. Um, and we're just going to we, we're just going to say we didn't see it. And then we've got this whole section of content that, you know, we don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole, but we're just going to allow it to happen. Yeah, so like in Destiny's case, like we both agree, 30 days is probably not wildly out of it because he's yeah, been, he's he's been a, banned he's before. A, uh, yeah, a, a, an offender. Figure. Yeah, he's, he's been an offender in the past who's been banned for, for similar things. So there's less leeway, obviously, with him and probably Mo as well, for all we know. We, I, so I, I don't know. It, just be consistent. I don't that's, know about Mo. Thing. But yeah, the current, it is definitely still an environment that's, that's odd with it. There was a girl that was banned the other day for, I saw two cases for girls um, that, that even for me, I was like, really, this is, of all the things that you, this is, this is what you choose to ban is very odd to me. So there was a girl who, um, was like playing wow or something. She's a wow streamer, I guess. And she was in a sweater the entire day. And towards the end, she takes her sweater off and she's in a sports bra, which is what you, know, what you would exercise. Like one of the ones you would, girls would just exercise in. They go to a gym, they go to a public place it's something you would wear when you go to a gym. Yes, you would go to a gym in said in said garment. Okay, and uh, which of all the bras is the least revealing because it's for ultimate support and not for showing the titties off. And so, um, uh, so she did that. She took the sweater off just because I would probably warm, shot in the dark, and banned. She got banned for that. Yes. There was literally a streamer on the other day. Again, no, this is I'm just I'm, this is a specific example. Literally yes. a streamer on the other day who was wearing a completely see-through white shirt with MFC written on it. Oh, nice. Okay. Um that was a crop top that was very low that was very high cropped. <laughs> um as an extremely high cropped as an underboob was showing level. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, fine, good to go. Partner streamer. Uh, and then the other still, example still was there was a girl who, um, was doing an exercise stream and she was also, she was wearing, um, she did a video explaining why she got banned and she wore the same outfit in the video to show people what was going on. She had, uh, it was another sports bra situation, one that came down to just about like the rib cage area, whatever, nothing going on there. And then she had... Uh, she had not nude colored leggings. It was like, it was more orange than nude and, um, like an eighties leggings. Yeah. Thing. And like a yeah. high waisted, high waisted. So it came up to like just yeah. the underside of her, of, of her rib cage type deal. Like girls, that's a in, yeah. in vogue thing right now is wearing high like waist, high waisted shit. Yeah. So yeah. she was wearing, that was what she was wearing. Band. And, I, and like of all, of all the stuff that we see, and that just goes unbanned from high profile, you know, people all the way down through just like, uh, it, it, it remains to be a, an, uh, it's so inconsistently uh, enforced, wildly inconsistent in its, in its enforcement. And, um, disappointingly. So it just, I can't even, I can't even grasp it. Uh, honestly, and it, and it's something, it's something that, you know, we had that big, 
you know, deal on with a while ago where they came out and re- revised their policies and there was this whole thing about it and they did start banning more people but it was it's still inconsistent like the number of bans has, has definitely gone up but the the inconsistency hasn't gone anywhere it's still wildly which is what we talked about when we first talked about the, those policy changes was this is great but let's see how they actually enforce them and as it turns out it's still not all that great like it's 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 still they, they still have these these I don't know if they're fringe cases that are just making it to you know to the surface but they seem to be in such great numbers that I can't envision them being fringe cases. Uh, yeah, it's so all over the place. It's just ah, it's wild. It's weird. Uh, it's, it's very strange. So I don't, uh, I I don't, I, I just don't, I just don't know. Well, and this is okay. So there is a point to be made about about the the sheer volume of and the um. You know the size, the size problem, right? It's the you have you get into a point where you're so big that moderating these things becomes uh, a challenge to do case by case basis. If you just saw a picture of these two girls and what they were wearing, a still frame for less than two <laughs> hundredths of a second, you could instantly make the judgment necessary to go, "Yep, that doesn't need a ban," and move on with your day. Less than a full second. Easy. I can understand that the site gets... Well, I mean, think about this. For the longest time, people like people would troll uh, like streamers and just report them. Just like, it, There's going to be that shit all the time. They have to... Uh, well, the, in these cases that we're talking about, Twitch got back to these people. So they're, they're, they have real people telling them the reasons behind their bans. This is especially true if you're a partner. If you are a partner, you have somebody that you have a lifeline that you go talk to yeah. at any time of the day. You're good. So you these your are manager, pretty much. Yeah, you have an, you have a manager basically. So you you're going like these are people who who have talked with individuals in the company that have gotten the written versions as to why these bans have been levied. It's we're not talking about just like somebody with three viewers who have streamed on Twitch for the first time and, you know, got got banned. So, uh, yeah, very, uh, very, very odd indeed. I don't agree with the article. I don't uh, in, in terms yeah. of uh, of it being um, perhaps oddly handled. I think that I think that given previous offenses and Destiny's history in general, safe to say that that was a, uh, that that if that isn't a wake up call for for Destiny, I don't know. He'd already toyed with going to YouTube at some point anyway. Maybe this is the thing that's going to just push him the rest of the way. <laughs> I don't I don't know, but uh, but there you have it. Other than that, what do we got? Oh, more litigation. This is just the the week of litigation. Bethesda is suing Warner Bros over Westworld Mobile. Alleges uh, code theft and reuse. And the, the okay, so the best part about this whole thing, this whole thing, is that is that Bethesda recognized it because the game has the exact same bugs and issues as Fallout, as Shelter. Fallout Shelter does to help confirm that it's code theft. So Bethesda has this reached company license. The company that made the Westworld game was actually the one that Bethesda had hired to make Fallout Shelter. Right. <laughs> so like, like, really, what do you like? 
but the best part is that the company that is known for just having broken ass video games is is ironically we know our bugs so well. Yeah, like you you get to now like ironically use it in in a court case to be like you know we've had the same bugs for twenty years, bitch, come at me. We we know our engine; it's busted, and you just used it. And it, it doesn't help that, like you said, they were also the ones that were originally going to be hired to do follow shelter so i mean really what leg are they going to have to stand on i feel like bethesda's going to win this one pretty easily yeah especially uh, like once they go into discovery the code's got to come out and i guarantee you they did not go in and clean up their comments oh not a chance that's um there was actually a developer i think we talked about on the podcast probably towards the beginning Mm. um how when epic uh, because we were talking about epic when people go after epic um, Epic doesn't just like Epic doesn't clap back. Epic mm. goes scorched earth on them. Yes, and there was com- yeah, there was there was a company called Silicon Knights. Um, I, they were called was. that until they ceased to exist. <laughs> um, that was, made a game called Too Human. Um, and they sued Epic, saying they spent too much time on Gears of War and didn't provide the features that they were going to say they were going to provide to the engine for Unreal Three, which impacted our game. Um. Epic clapped back and said, bitch, that was not in the contract at all. But guess what? You stole a metric fuck ton of our code. We weren't going to say anything, but now that you're suing us, I guess we're just going to sue you for, you know, still using the engine after you said you were going to stop using it and built your own game <laughs> engine, which is apparently just our game engine with code. And Silicon Knights is like, no, we didn't do anything like that. And Epic's like, the comments in your code are comments that our developers wrote. Oh, God. Like, you can actually search for a comment string, and it would come up oh, verbatim no. in a Silicon Knights code. Oh, my God. Now, just to put in perspective um, what happened to Silicon Knights in their games, Silicon Knights had made Two Human, which flopped horribly, and a couple other games after that using the same engine. Yep. The courts ordered... All unsold copies of the games to be immediately pulled off the market at Silicon Knight's expense and destroyed. Yep. You can't go out and find a copy of Too Human anymore. No, unless you already (laughs) own it or you buy a secondhand copy somewhere. That's, uh, yeah, they, yeah. Epic doesn't, Um, Epic doesn't mess around with that shit. This, this is actually in that same purview which is a problem because this is a mobile game that gets a lot of money through it so what happens if the courts say no like this is not allowed you have to destroy this game what happens to all the people who bought into it uh that's a good question uh (laughs) they're probably gonna have to get refunded somehow like I, I guess they're gonna have to get refunded. I'm not sure. This is uh, this is or probably like, what the, is it like liquidate? Like what happens? Liquidated damages or like who gets what? Probably like, li- it becomes a much more complicated problem when it's like this mobile game. Well, yeah, I guess I guess if if they were gonna try and like um, have refunds and stuff for for people or partial refunds or however, however they were gonna tackle it, it would be like the, if the company can't afford it, liquidate assets. And then eventually, yeah. whatever's left over goes to Zenimax. It's Warner Bethesda. Brothers, though. So true. So yeah, I don't. That's crazy. So it's Zenimax. It's Zenimax versus Warner Bros. Basically. 
Zenimax is bigger. Zenimax is bigger than Warner Bros. Right? I'm pretty sure Zenimax is bigger. Think so? I'm googling this now. Zenimax market cap. Zenimax market cap is. Uh, their total equity. That's a private company. Their total equity is 2.5 billion as of May 2016, which I feel like Marker Marker Warner Brothers is much higher. That sounds uh, likely. Uh, time okay, not Time Warner. I don't actually know what the Warner Brothers market cap is. Does it even have a separate? Oh, it's a subsidiary of Time Warner. It is a subsidiary, so you're never going to be able to find it. It's just a subsection of Time Warner, which is obviously just astronomical. Oh my god, I don't even. Oh, Thirty-one billion was just their revenue. That's not even their market cap. Well, for for uh, for Warner Brothers, for Time Warner, oh, for Warner, Time Warner, the media, oh, yeah, the time, media, yeah, the media Warner. parent of Warner Brothers is just like yeah. thirty-one billion. Yeah, no, yeah, because Time Warner itself is a market cap of seventy-seven billion. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, so like that's the, uh, that's what made, like I looked at that and I'm like, the li- liquidated damages on this could be massive because they're not just going for like they're not they're like Bethesda is actually going full in on it, like actual damages, code, copyright, like everything, whole hog. And if it is, if what they allege is true. It's a slam dunk case if the code is the same. It could mean a lot of money for them. Yeah. Really. Like a lot of money. Because the Westworld game was really popular. Yeah. But even the people playing it were like, this is a lot like Fallout Shelter. <laughs> like down to the animation. Like this plays almost exactly like Fallout Shelter. Well, um, I'm going to say all the best. Good luck. And, uh, you know, we all, we all, speed. we all hate Time Warner. So fuck them as hard as you can. Uh, would be would be great. I'm down for that. Everyone's gonna lose except the lawyers. The lawyers are just all lawyers right now. Oh my god, the amount of money that those lawyers are gonna make on this case is gonna be silly, absolutely silly. How do you even like as a lawyer? How do you even get compensated in, in like for that? Like, do you get like a percentage of the settlement plus so hourly it all rate? On, or like, it depends what? on how your arrangement is with your client. Um, usually what will happen is if you're on retainer, um, you'll pay, you'll, you'll use up against the retainer fund that's been paid already. Right. But then on top of that, you'll usually bill them hourly for liter- litigation prep in each of the stages. Yeah. And then if the, effectively the more you collect in fees and payment for the actual work, the less you get out of the final settlement. Of course. So, you know, usually the the law, the law office will get a percentage of the final settlement anywhere from 5 to 30%, depending on how much they say. If they say, look, we don't know how long, but the payout's going to be massive, so we'll do a lot of it based on what we expect to be the settlement. If they think, it, they'll usually say, if we think you have a slam dunk case, they'll usually do it that way, because then yeah, they can yeah. get a lot more cash if it's a slam dunk case. Yeah, of course, because they're, they're all about... Yeah, doing it as fast as possible at that point. Yeah, really, because so, the faster it is, that. the more they get. That's also, why a lot of the cases settle because um, the lawyers will be like, "This is gonna get really messy, really quickly," and our our clients don't necessarily want to get involved in a huge mess, so they'll negotiate between each other. Be like, "All right, well, we can get this much reasonably out of this and this," and they'll try and negotiate where they still get a good cut. Yeah, and settle out. Otherwise, yeah, it yeah. can take four. They might be ever. like, "I don't want to sit five years waiting for the settlement." <laughs> 
Nobody wants. No, I'm gonna be like halfway into my 40s before this shit's yeah. over. Let's I'm just. Like, I don't want to do this case for five years and then realize we're just gonna settle anyway. So let's yeah. just settle right now. Exactly. So that's all the gaming news that we had this week. Very slow week. We got to move on into uh, movies and TV. Great. That was a a uh, a valiant effort on the fill in for the movies and TV. All right, man. Jingle. I got. I got. I got. What 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 do we need here? You hit us up with a jingle. Movies and TV. Yeah, I don't got singing pipes. Sorry. No, neither do I, but we got there. All right. So Netflix is about to spend twelve to thirteen billion dollars this year, Panic. What? More than any studio. Is there an article linked to that? Um just I saw the search, ultra I saw the ultra tier service, but I didn't see that. that search much money. that just search the opening there and you'll you'll find you'll find it. So they're going to spend a few dollars on, uh, I'm assuming the majority of that is going to be, um, you know, Netflix specific content like they have been. They've been cranking out these movies. They've been cranking out these series. Uh, they've been doing a lot with that. Some of that's also likely going to be infrastructure so, things. Yeah, thinking about it, they have a lot of, they have a lot of franchises if you really think about it. Like, they I just keep coming. Forgot, I totally forgot about like. You see things like Altered Carbon and Lost in Space and yeah. other things, and you're like, oh, yeah, Netflix actually owns owns that outright. That's like all those franchises. Stranger Things, Black Mirror, they picked up. Um, they got all the Marvel shows. Um, House of Cards is finishing out, but they have that, too. Oh, wow. Okay, no, that makes sense. So they're spending billion. a lot of money. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then the, the side note to that is that they're testing the ultra tier service, which is a load of horseshit. What even is that? Oh, ultra HD? Uh, not even ultra HD. Cause that's already available. I can already stream in 4k. I, I can do that on one device at a time. That's like my yeah. TV or. Yeah. So the way that the way that they've been testing it in a couple different markets and, and what, what is affected is slightly different in, in the markets are testing it. The most egregious of all of them uh, being the one that fucks with the tiers below it Ugh. in order to make it a value proposition. So um, the one that made the most sense to me was that the ultra tier was basically the premium tier plus HDR. So you'd get 4K at the premium and everything else. So you get they separated the stuff. HDR from 4K. Um, and then HDR would be the extra three dollars a month or whatever it is that they want to charge to get the to, HDR to stream is the same, is encoded into the 4k stream already I, like why so, so that's and, and that's why? the more re- panic that's the reasonable one why that's the reasonable one no it's not reasonable the unreasonable one oh, is God. where it's worth is where yeah where you basically have that but you also have the premium reduced for how many devices you can stream to down to like two uh and I think and I'm paying ten ninety nine a month right now. Nah, uh, more than that for premium. I think. Uh, I and then the check. base, the base service gets zero HD in that. In that, and you can only stream to like one device at a time. It's crazy. Like the breakout for it is absolutely fucking nuts. The funny thing is, this is going to affect my brother and my parents more than me because I found out <laughs> apparently my brother is mooching off my parents' Netflix account. Oh, no. Like, I'm like sitting there and my, my dad's like, do you have a Netflix account? I'm like, yeah. He's like, why haven't you been using ours? I'm like, I live on my own. I figured I'd have my own Netflix account. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I just went out. Yeah. I was like, 
oh yeah, your brother's been using ours for like four years now. And I'm like, he's been in California for four years. That oh works. He's like, oh God. yeah, it works fine. I'm just like, oh, you can use it anywhere. They don't give yeah. a shit. <laughs> I was like, okay. They don't give a shit. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's wild. It's it's it it annoys me because anytime a company like this adds a new tier, but the new tier isn't actually a new tier. The new tier is just how can we milk existing the services. lower tiers harder with existing services? It's like we want to scrape, we want to scrape the market. Yeah, but we want to scrape the bottom of the barrel higher up in the in the. Thing. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's. They do really the math ridiculous. on it. They're like, if we lose like five percent of our subscribers, but ninety five percent of that tier is paying us a buck more, we're fine. We don't. Care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. So, the way that they phrased it was so f- absolutely like Skeevy. scummy is all hell. It was like Patreon level scummy. Yeah, like it was like uh, oh, what was it? Um, it was. Uh, we're explore. It was something like we're exploring the different ways in which uh, our customers value our services. Yeah, but guess what? <laughs> you know what? Ninety five percent of the people are probably going to pay for because you know what? I don't pay my cable bill. I'm still ahead on what I'm paying for my services. I got Prime Video. Oh, and they Netflix. know that. They know so I'm that. I'm like, you know what? I'll pay more. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I was getting a gravy train for a couple of years. It's just going to be less gravy now. Um. Yeah. So there you have it. That's uh, Netflix doing their their thing. They're testing it right now. It's there's no finalized thing yet, and it's in a pretty limited area uh, at the moment. But uh, there you have it. And then the only other movie and TV news that I had uh, come up with uh, is that uh, as we've talked about in the past, and and uh, Jeff is is down for it. And I don't remember if Panic is particularly down for it or not. But the the Hobbs movie that's coming. The spinoff for like it'll work. It'll be Fast interesting. The probably. Uh, the the only reason that I'm now interested in it is because Idris Elba has been signed on to be the bad guy. So here's my thing. I read that earlier. Um, I love Idris Elba. Absolutely mm. love him. Actually, my favorite thing in is not movie. It's TV series Luther. Luther is amazing. Yeah, he's fantastic in that. Is there more of that supposed to be coming this year, or is it next year? I think this year, like BBC's been on a weird cycle with it, so it just comes out in bursts. Yeah, they do really weird. Like Luther's one of no, the strangest. It's like, release on cycles. time. It's on time in the UK. Oh, it's just uh, it's the the global global oh. release. Like Luther just right. disappears and reappears periodically, <laughs> based on licensing. Um, love Idris Elba. I'm just not sure how he'd fit in as a villain in the Fast in the Furious franchise. Um, because no offense to the Fast and Furious franchise, I feel like Idris Elba is a little bit too good for that in terms of his um, intellectual <laughs> level and capacity as an actor. Granted, he did Pacific Rim, but at the same time, he's he's a very, you know, he's a very classy well, guy. I feel like that's why they got him right. First yeah. of all, it, if they if they let him keep his his British accent, which they probably will if he's being a bad guy in the show, then. <laughs> Maybe they're just trying to do like the really old school, like easy way of classing up Hoff franchise. But yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I don't see Idris Elba being a throw down, slap down, punch out guy with the rock. 
Well, I don't think he will be. I think so I, I think figure they're going to need to have a minion to do that for. Oh him. yeah, he's going to definitely have like a crony that's that's you know six foot eight, three hundred and five pounds. Yeah, like Dave Batista. Uh, I throw him in there for sure. But yeah, so they, there you go. Idris Elba is going to be the ba- the big bad guy. I'm just trying to going to the beach and I have sand in and around my phone. It scares me because it's the only thing that can scratch this friggin' screen at this point. There we go. Not too bad. I dropped it in the sand too. I was like, oh no, don't do it to me. I've gone this far without having any scratches. Don't, don't scratch on me now. But uh, yeah, so there, there you have it. Oh yeah, and then the other one that we can talk about. Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out this weekend. There's not Again, there's not much. We're kind of in like a little July lull. Nothing is happening anywhere. Yeah, we have like Ant-Man coming out this weekend, so there'll probably be stuff to talk about next week. I'm going to probably go watch it either yep. this weekend or early in the week. Um, Jeff's probably definitely going to watch it too if he hasn't watched it in mm-hmm. Vegas, which he might. I would imagine. Um, um, and then we've got the one I'm excited for is in like two weeks or three weeks, the Mission Impossible movie. Right, yes, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. It's on the yeah. 27th. I'm actually, that one that I'm actually hyped to go see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I've already said that I'm not a big Mission Impossible guy. I don't hate the mm-hmm. movies. I just, I've, I, and, 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 again, full disclosure, I don't think I've seen the last two. So I don't know what modern. The last Mission two were really good. So I don't know what modern Mission Impossible is at this point, but, um, I don't know. I've just always felt like they were. I've always felt like Mission Impossible movies, the ones that I've seen, obviously excluding the new the new ones, which could completely change my outlook on Mission Impossible, and and maybe I'll get some time to watch it uh, mm-hmm. at some point. But my outlook on that series has always been that it's the closest thing Tom has come to uh, at being in a B movie. <laughs> uh, like even from an action perspective, he's done other action movies that have always felt to me like they were still somehow better than Mission Impossible. Really? Uh, from like the fir- Okay, let me let me put it this way: the first Mission Impossible, I was on board with, and I remember watching it when it first came out. It was amazing. Um, but the subsequent Mission Impossibles felt like they were getting further and further into the B movie category. As time two, went on, two is really bad, but I three three was fantastic. Like I I I am actually gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. Sure, because I I feel like Mission Impossible has always been awesome franchise action movies aside mm. from the second one, because um, it always had like a level of kind of intellect and stuff. But then the second one kind of threw that out to go for like the super action movie. We're gonna have, give Tom Cruise long hair for some reason because it's edgy. There was a period phase. where every every yeah he had a motorcycle phase and everyone had long hair in movies so we had yeah to get, that was yeah. that was Mission Impossible too but then three went strong and it was very Mission Impossible like feeling with the with the the curves and the plot was a little bit more advanced um, and then they had like Rogue Nation Rogue whatever I don't know the names of them but they had the they had the the last two were actually mm. really good. Um, they were a little generic, which I can give you, but I would still rate them as AAA action movies. Okay. Um, the stunt work that Tom Cruise does in the last two movies is phenomenal. Like, incredible stunt work. Um, and the stunts from the new ones also look really good, too. So, like, good. in terms of stunt performances, I'm I'm on board. 
Um, I would say the B movies that he has done though would be like Edge of Tomorrow. Um, but that got the, but that got so well received, like it was crazy. Critically well received, but not so well received by the audience, which confuses the hell out of me. I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. No, I. I there. I mean, uh, Tom is Jack involved. Reacher. Jack Reacher is such a B movie. I can agree with that for sure. I haven't even seen it, but just the name screams B movie. Like I don't know what they were thinking when they called he's it. Like Jack a, um, Reacher. He's like he's like a fixer kind of. It's like one of those fixer movies where you have yeah. like you know the Equalizer or those type of things. It's, it's like Jack Reacher's a fixer. He wanted to get in on that Jason Statham game. He wanted to get in there and, and steal some of his thunder. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh. There is some other thing, and I've even commented on Twitter, so I know how I forgot about this. I'm going to get I your really hot take want. on this. <sighs> do I have to? Yes, because do I do I have to? Because we're only an hour and thirty four minutes into this podcast. Oh my god! It is time for us to step it up a notch. Scarlett Johansson panic. Scarjo. She's in another movie coming up. That people are not particularly thrilled about her being the star of, for reasons which, well, which 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 diverse or minority group has she disenfranchised this time? Uh, so you have you you've heard about this, right? I, mean, I have to assume you've heard about it. I think I heard pieces of it. Was it the LGBTQ? So it's thing? yeah. So it's it's basically she is going to be a trans. Uh, a trans man, I believe, in uh, a film coming up. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now because nobody's right, actually... She's, she's, she's producing it, right? Yeah, nobody's actually saying the name of it. They're just complaining that Scarlett Johansson's playing the character. So, um, Naturally. Naturally. So just in the same vein that people were complaining about her being major in Ghost in the Shell... Um, which was insane, by the way. Uh, I had like I had the I will admit it that I had a brief moment where I was I was on board with it, where I was like, this seems really odd to me. But I had never watched Ghost in the Shell before. It's always been one that I've been waiting to eventually watch, like binge and this one giant. But it's hard to get your hands on Ghost in the Shell. It's bitch, uh, dude. Um, they have without a, spending they have, a fortune. They have so many different versions of it, but um, like. Standalone Complex was the anime one that was yeah. on Netflix for a while, but it was like two seasons and it's not that long. Um, that was actually a pretty good take on Ghost in the Shell as an anime format, like longer form anime. Yeah. But the, the movies were trash. Um, but yeah, I would actually, I, I would say if you want something a little bit more modern that holds up, um, the uh, the Standalone Complex is pretty good. So so with that I hadn't seen it, and, I, and so I was unaware of the fact that there wasn't really a particular race assigned to Major for that, and the creators, I think, at some point even came out and were like, guys, pump the brakes. There was, there was nothing about this that states that Major has to be Japanese. It's, just, it's, it's fine. Breathe. It's okay. It's cool that this is happening. All right. Um, so here's some... There's some... Ghost in the Shell, I can kind of see that argument a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also a little bit overarching thing. Um, there's another thing that got announced actually literally today, which is I think is going to fall subject to the same problem Ghost in the Shell did. Ooh, they announced that? a live-action Gundam movie. Oh, I saw, I saw that Based pop on up the on the original stuff, yeah. but it's being done by Legendary. Okay. 
So it's weird because Legendary did. I think they did the Pacific Rim stuff too and a couple other so things. So people saying, is everyone going to be white? Is that what everyone's like? So this is where my problem is, right? It's the same thing mm. with Full Metal Alchemist, right? Well, I'm Full, all full for- Metal Alchemist was like, was like a D movie. I mean, they, they, the, yeah, like, no, but here's was, the thing. Here's my thing, right? Yeah. I 100% under, understand that the writers and the creators of the show are from Japan and that needs to be respected. Sure. But the catch is, I feel like you need to also be true to the source material. So, like in Full Metal Alchemist, for example, yeah, Germanic, the characters pe- Germanic are Germanic people. and European. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's one thing. Um, for Ghost in the Shell, I feel like there's a much stronger argument for them whitewashing it because Motoko Kusanagi, the mm. major, yes. Japanese origin. I understand that the body was swapped out because, you know, the whole the whole dichotomy of what goes on in Ghost in the Shell. Yes. But, yeah, I can kind of see that. But then you have something like Gundam happening. You've got very generic names, which may not necessarily be Japanese. Like Bob ha- McJoseon. Amaro Ray, Char Aznable, um, Neva Zabi. Like, you have all these characters, right? They're from all over. So, like, they're generic in some, depending on the, which franchise they go with. Mm. So, it gets complicated. So, I'm like, you need to be more true. I'm more interested in you being true to the character. So, if they're saying, oh, we have this Asian character and we cast him as a white person, I am not okay with that. But mm. if they're like, oh, this thing originated in Japan, so we're just going to cast all Japanese actors for someone who's supposed to be clearly a European, I'm like, you're doing everyone a disservice because you're not really even following the vision of what the person who created it is because they're like hey um i created this as like a white guy so to that uh, so uh, so to that end and i'll keep you talking here and then i'll give my my spiel on it so now we we fast forward to today scarlett johansson playing a a woman to man that's based i guess partly or entirely to some I, i don't know some degree on a true story um mobster that ran a bunch of brothels basically um, is the, the core of it. Anyway, the, so the idea is that she is, uh, but it's also, aren't, isn't the, isn't the character like Mexican or something? Like, I feel like I've seen that as well. Chat can clarify that. that I don't me. know. Um, but that's the, but run with that, that concept. Okay. Um, So this what is, is um, what is your take on her on her doing uh, doing that in a movie about a trans person in the year 2018 um you know that's taking on a true story and is taking on this thing I mean it looks like they're taking it very seriously obviously you can't take the subject lightly so what is your take on on the situation This is this is uh, a really complicated position um in that it's not, but at the same time, it's something that you would get shouted down by various anyone on any side would probably shout you down for having this opinion. Of course. Um, and it's consistent with the opinion I've had when this stuff comes up all the time. And that I'm like, there's a lot of changes that need to happen in society. Society, like government and people and mentalities are like the ocean. It takes a while to change the temperature. It takes a while for Mm -hmm. waves and actions to ripple out and have an effect. So it's a cop-out to say I sympathize with everyone, but at the same time, I don't. I I think everyone needs to kind of suck it up and realize this is where we are right now. 
There is a goal point that we want to get to eventually, and we're working towards it. And all these efforts and everything—it's not—it's not—it's not a waste. You know, we're we're slowly moving the needle in that direction. Um, the problem is everyone's become really impatient, and it's that whole instant gratification of "I want it now." But I'm going to just, just inter- I'm things. just going to interject yeah. and clarify because you you you're running you're running almost parallel with me now. So I'm, I'm just going to interject and say when you say everyone has become impatient, I'm going to go with uh, in this case. The far left folks are very. I'm going to say everyone, for whatever cause they're passionate about, is way too impatient. There you guess fair. Uh, my my problem is, um, and this is this is something I complained about last year, and the year before that, is that I am a very strong moderate. Like I have conservative beliefs. I also have very liberal beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like I've always said, I'm a fiscal conservative, but a social liberal. But mm-hmm. the problem is, I'm like. I'm I'm the middle and we're all getting crushed in the middle. But the problem is the people in the middle are the ones that are getting yelled at by both sides about everything. Yeah, of course. So it's like a mo- it's the they problem. Want, it's they the, want you to join their team. They don't the want you to be being in the a, It's a, yeah, it's a problem of being a moderate. I see yeah. like, I'm just like certain things I'm going to be like, yeah, I agree with you. Certain things I'm like, no, you're fucking stupid. I think you're wrong. Yeah. Like and we'll we'll debate it, whatever. But so in this again, going back to this point we're at this situation where society has only gone so far. We've made a lot of progress since the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. But as a society, we are here. Not everyone is as accepting of LGBTQ, you know, that culture. They're not – it's just various things, whatever. There's Whatever you say, there's varying levels of acceptance for it. And it's moving, but it's not there yet. So you have this movie that Scarlett Johansson has – felt passionate enough to actually put her name behind and be an executive producer. Now, movies are business. I think you were saying the same thing, but people, uh, in order to draw eyeballs and attention to it, you need marquee names. Unfortunately, again, we're not there yet. Trans actors and actresses and, you know, minority roles, people, they're not the, the cachet, the social leverage, the star power is just not there yet for those demographics. I know we need to build them up, but you have to start somewhere. So Scarlett Johansson playing the character, yeah, she can probably cast other people and better people for different roles and stuff, but at the same time, you have to choose, am I going to draw awareness by having this movie go out to a ton of people, or am I going to make a tiny art house film that's only going to go out to 100,000 people because no one else is going to come out to watch this no-name actor that no one knows about? There's about – it all depends on the execution. So if Scarlett Johansson comes in and plays this role and, you know, yeah, knocks it out of the park, but she brings in other actors from the demographic, talking about supporting actors and stuff, and builds it up that way where you're introducing other names and faces and stuff and you introduce the culture in a way that's more – and I'm going to get flack for this, but more palatable to society as a whole, I feel like you have more of an impact on the needle right now than you do later. Cause you know, and then, cause you have to, you have like Scarlett Johansson takes on the role that people are going to, Oh, okay. Maybe this is something worth looking into and they'll be a little bit more interested in it. And I feel like people are missing that point to saying she's just stealing thunder. She's just doing this. She's just doing that. And I can see that point of view, but at the same time, we are, as a society are not there yet. You know, personally, as a minority, I see I see this shit all the time. You know, there's racism, all this other stuff. Whatever marginalized cause you want to say, 
there's where we are now versus where we want to be. Um, and you kind of just have to deal with the fact that it's going to take time to get there. No matter how much you yell, scream, and bitch and moan, yeah, you're bitching and moaning, and yeah, you're moving the needle a bit, but you need to realize that what you want is not going to happen right now. That's a, that, that is, you, so you've almost said exactly, if not exactly. I my get annoyed because position. I keep having to say it the same. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a curse of the moderate. Yeah. Like, we're just like, look, this is what I think, and I know we're, I know we're not there, and I want us to be there as much as you do, but I'm acknowledging that me yelling right now is not going to do anything. It's just going to make things worse. Yeah, the, there's – so, yeah, uh, even though we, we parallel, I'll just say it in my own way, I guess, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep – we'll talk about it as we need to. But the my position is, my position is the same. I'll start, I'll start by stirring the, pot, uh, stirring the pot more than I guess the uh, – just, just because I tire, I tire of it so. And, and you don't want to get baited by this community, but it's, it is what it is. And it isn't the entire LGBTQ2A+. It's not the entire community. It's it, just like with most things, and especially when you get the social media involved, it's, it, it, isn't, it isn't usually the majority, but they're the vocal, um, I don't even want to call it minority, but it's the vocal section of it that uh, unfortunately drives the views that society will have of that group because they are the ones speaking up uh, and not necessarily all of the the, the rest of them. Much, yeah, like I pretty much have to like not. I don't talk about anything controversial with almost anyone at this point because everyone's offended. Everyone's offended by everything, even in my friends' groups. Like, and and, the, and like that, that's the problem. Like, I have friends who are Trump supporters, which is I personally think is ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, they're they're rational about their views. And on the other side, I have people who are ultra ultra on the left side, and I find myself like again cursing the moderate. I find myself if anything political comes up, I end up arguing with everyone, and I'm like, this is just a really stupid position to be in. Yeah, that, like I can't even I can't even have an opinion without getting shouted down by someone. Yeah, so the and we've talked about this before. Yeah. You're talking about even with this movie and stuff, and for and and for Scarlet. We're going to automatically assume that 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 Scarlet doesn't give a shit about this cause. Apparently, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna assume that she isn't uh, you know closely related friend or otherwise with somebody or multiple people from within the community. We're gonna assume that she's literally only like. At what point do you think that Scarlett Johansson is out here doing a transgendered fucking film to make billions of dollars? She's not in this because it's going to make. Star Wars money because it's not going to make Star Wars money. It's going to do well if it breaks two hundred and fifty million dollars. It's not even, even going to make solo money. Like it, yeah, like it, you're you're talking like it's insane for somebody who's part of the Marvel extended universe playing Black Widow, getting paid huge money in this shit, and then for her to go like, do you really think that she's in it for anything other than the fact that she actually? Has a has an uh, uh, an earnest goal in mind, and honestly is interested in helping normalize and and spread the word, and have dis- uh, start positive discussions 
around this community that are ironically filled with people who are chastising her for uh, for doing the role in the first place. It's it's madness. And I guess the 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 retort to that would be, well, why didn't she just take on an executive producer role and not act in it? And just have somebody else. And then we get to the point that Panic was saying that I also said in my tweet, which is, guess what, motherfucker? No one cares about the executive producer on the poster. Well, yeah, you've got two choices in in this. Like Panic said, and I said the exact same thing, almost with the same words. If you want society as a whole to get exposed to in a positive way to your culture and for you and your children or your possible grandchildren who might may or may not also be in, in that community at some point in, in the future or your friends' children or grandchildren in the future, you have to start somewhere on the main stage. You can't just be like, oh, we're at the Cannes Film if you're Festival. always on the side stage, you're never going to get visibility. Yeah. You're not just going to be shown it at, at, at like film festivals in front of 5,000 people uh, getting rave reviews and Woody, Woody Allen's giving you hand jobs. Like nobody gives a shit uh, about that. It's not going to, like Panic said, to use his analogy, it's not going to move the needle. It's just, you're, it's going to be a good, it might be a good movie and it might be as representative as you want it to be because it's authentic as humanly possible. Maybe they go find uh, a trans, an overweight trans dude you can't to, slap to someone this. in the you can't slap someone in the face with something like this immediately. Like I know people want that whole expectation of you need to accept me for as I am right now. Unfortunately, that's not how society works. Well, that sucks that it isn't, but you have to you have to do it in, in you have to ease people into it. It's you got to cook the lobster in the pot. You have to you have to um you have to understand that movies when they're on the main stage they, they are the people that fund these movies to make them happen want to make money back in return. And they don't want to make back just the money they put in. They want to make more they wouldn't even than the money They wouldn't even make back going. the money they put in unless they... Unless uh, they, they... And they yeah. need a household name. They need somebody that people are going to be able to attach to the movie. Because guess what? You attach supporting actors of the demographics you're looking in the movie. Yes. And again, and, you need to, yeah. they need to have the performance level. And again, you as part of that subculture might believe they do, but not everyone is a fantastic A-list actor. It takes time to get there. It's effort. It's progress. It's, you know, every little bit counts. If you start casting the demographics you want against the mainstream actors at the same time, that's the next step. Then they'll eventually start getting their own movies, and you know you have to progress it yes, step by step. That's going to happen. Skip all these steps. That's going to happen. You can't and be it, like, I want this because effectively they're, they're like, it's not even that they want the names in the movie. It's that's that part I can respect and understand. It's that they're so dense that they're like, I want them to be in this movie, but I want the same mainstream success as the full movie because they're entitled to have this full success on just their name and star power alone as the mainstream A-list actors because they've been disenfranchised so long. And that's the part I take complaint and issue with. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, we're not there yet. It's true. And it's, uh, and uh, it, it, all of this plays into the harsh reality of life. It's the same okay? thing with Battlefield, the same thing with gaming. It's all this, it's the same issue at the core. It's, it's all, it's, it's, it's people want, you know, a quality 
both of of uh, uh, opportunity fighting, and outcome. Still, yeah, we're still fighting the civil rights wars and battles of the 1960s. Yes. We made progress, but that's still happening. Racism's still common. We have sexual orientation, which again, 80s, 90s, you know, that's, that's been still going on. That's, but we're going to be, these, these battles are going to be going on for at least another hundred years, I'm going to say. You know, so we're, we're, we're making steps in the right direction, but there's going to be setbacks. We're going to, we're going to take a couple of steps backwards here and there. We're going to move forward. We're going to move backward. It's just how it works. We make mistakes as a society. We make progress as a society. You know, just because you yell and scream about it now is not necessarily going to help the situation. Sometimes having a civil discussion where you don't scream down your opponent is the right move. Unfortunately, as a society, we're in a phase where that is not acceptable. You either have to be outraged or you're wrong. So to answer to, to answer Stuka in chat right now, who uh, who asks uh, I, or says, I question whether having A-list actors even matters these days. With advertising the way it is, does actor really matter? My answer to that would be, fuck yes, it does. Absolutely, yes. And this is why. Okay, so there is... There is um, uh, of course, there are fringe cases in which you can have a movie that is cast uh, pretty much nothing, no-name people that are just picked up and they do the movie and it turns out to be really good and then word of most spreads or, or they had advertising and it just happens and it makes pretty good money. That happens almost never. You don't even, you don't even have to have a fucking movie. You can be freaking Kim Kardashian and get to talk to the president. Yeah, something. it's... Well, I mean, so... Just because of your advertising and A-list power prowess. Yeah, so chat. it's... It, it's when you're investing, when the, these people are investing in these movies, they're investing in these movies with the understanding that they're, they, they're gambling on the, the probability of whether or not this movie is going to make their money back and then some. And the, the odds of them making their money back and then some on a movie starring Scarlett Johansson versus a movie starring um, whoever else that isn't an A-list actor that fills the requirement that this community wants of authentically, you know, overweight, transgender, you know, female to male, whatever, um, is almost zero. It's it's not it's not good, and it's because not only is it is it uh, a, a not an A-list actor, it's there's no name attached to this movie. From a franchise perspective, there's no IP attached to this to help out where the actors can't. And on top of that, you're dealing with a topic that is for the majority of the market in which you're planting it an uncomfortable and still in many places taboo subject. So you want to overcome the hurdles of of taboo the hurdles of having no large name actor, the hurdle of having no intellectual property of substantial uh, weight all behind this movie, still have somebody in there and still have a hope of making the money back on the mainstream stage. We've said, if you want to make an art house, authentic to the core movie, you, you, you have absolutely, you have the choice to do that. And it could do very well critically, but only a handful of people are going to see it, and it's not likely to get exposure to the market that you're hoping to change the opinion of. It's going to be yeah. like preaching to the choir. 
at that point, at that level. If you want to get out and start shaking shit up. You're not going to get up, out before anyone else. You're going to get, you're, yeah, you're preaching your choir. You're in your echo chamber. You're just going to talk to people you always talk to. If you, if you want to, if you want to change the opinions for, in a positive way for people outside of, uh, uh, of your own circle, outside of the community, then you have to, you have to sometimes dip your toe in, in weird and wonderful ways that don't necessarily line up with what you want it to be. Because the reality is, society's not fucking there. And it sucks because we think that our, that we society, we think that society is just, is just, we're, we've made it. It's the year 2018. It's no longer 500, you know, BC. We've, we've, we've evolved as a society to this point. We're in a democratic, uh, situation in, in which, uh, we have, we have great, uh, for the most part, uh, dispersal of, of rights. And an opportunity, and yet, like, the journey's not done. It's still not done, and and unfortunately, as much as people want it to be done tomorrow, I mean, the the closest not thing even I can tomorrow they the, want it now. The closest thing that I can think of, the closest thing that I can think of, is that think of the think of the, uh, and this isn't this is this is going to exclude other minor, racial minorities but think of the 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 black movement in north america right so think about how hard and how long the black community has been working to get to where they are now and it's and it's it's not for lack of trying, and it's not even necessarily for, for lack of there literally being nobody who wants to hear it or help, because there's hordes of people from outside the black community who are also part of these movements to try and move things along and make it happen. But the, you have to understand that that shit takes time, and it sucks dick. It doesn't justify it. This is the same conversation that it was like Jeff and I having about that uh, the girls taking you know, sexy pictures of themselves posting on social media and then complaining. That one went over real well with the internet guys. Yeah. And and complaining when people, when, when creepy guys come out and starts, you know, start making comments. They come down to people like there's acceptable behavior and we 100% understand what's acceptable and not. But at the same time, People need to have realistic expectations of what society is right now. Well, the, the, and yeah, that you have to have a thicker fucking skin. It's it, to it, deal so with so to to just like we said with that other conversation, mm-hmm. it's about the fact that people, when you start talking in this way, it, they think that you're justifying the fact that things are the way that they it are. Should be okay. We that are it happened. We are not justifying the fact that society isn't at the point today that we can have a household name transgendered actor or actress We're who can take realistic. up this role. It doesn't fucking exist right now. That sucks some dong, and it's going to change in time. But in order to actually get there, there's going to be these weird half steps, toes in the water. Testing it out, getting the feelers out, people getting comfortable with it, bringing the taboo, uh, you know, thing down and eliminating it. People coming into the space, the the entire social makeup of Hollywood. Shit's gonna like it takes some fucking time. You're talking about institutions in place for nearly a hundred fucking years, and you want this shit to change in five to ten. It's not going to happen, and it blows, and you're watching me, and there's going to be people who be like, well, you're a, a tall, above-average looking, white, blue-eyed, cis, whatever the fuck label you want to give me. 
shut the fuck up. That, I understand. That, that, that I, label pisses me the fuck off. I understand. Thing. I'm like, are you fucking serious? I understand that I've had it better than most people. I get that. If not every, well, not everyone, because there's always somebody who's better off than you. Mm. But I, I, I get that. It doesn't change fucking reality. I'm on your side. I want this shit to happen. But I'm also not so much on your side that I'm going to stand next to you while you're throwing fucking Molotovs out. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like, there's a line. <laughs> verbally and otherwise, because it, the reality is you can't change the shit in the time frame that you want it to happen. It sucks. But it's just it's fucking life. And life, believe it or not, is suffering and pain and bullshit. And there's good and happy moments there, in it. Bro. But the, chi- the, the thing is, you have to recognize the good moments, even when it's not 100% the way that you want that shit to be. This should be a happy fucking moment. We've got a community that has been that's been transported marginalized forever i and just over time in this last like this this section of the last 10 years has accomplished a lot and they should be proud of how much they've made happen in this short period of time and now we've got this opportunity and and just because it's you fought the good fight it's not exactly what you want this should be a happy moment we're going to get a positive Facing like uh, uh, societal facing and norm whatever cis what society fuck it just label whatever you want I don't care come up with a thousand more fucking subgroups I don't give a shit but whatever it is that you want people to think this is positive but you're turning it to be fucking negative that's on you now that's your fucking fault it's not Scarlett's fault for wanting to back a project to help your cause just because she's not doing it in exactly the way that you want to do it if you want to do it you go convince somebody to give you fucking 50 million dollars to make a movie and then try and make it big on the main stage nobody's stopping you you live in a free fucking country but then you'd come up for a reason why you're not able to do that because you'd say oh we're oppressed and we can't make it happen well that's what she's trying to fucking help you with dumbass let it happen let it go she's (laughs) on your side she's not making an anti- an anti-LGBTQ2A plus community movie. She's not making an anti-trans movie. She is making a movie that she's likely hoping that is going to help you. And it's not because she's going to make billions of dollars off of it. I can tell you that much. She's making a damn slight more money having roles in is Black Widow and she doesn't even have her own movie in that shit. She just shows up on screen and she still gets paid tens of millions of dollars. So just come on, use some use some fucking sense for a hot minute. Just stop stop saying that everyone that stop doesn't being just immediately all the time just, about just, everything. Stop just assuming that the moment that somebody isn't just on your side to the to the most uh, minuscule levels the moment that there's even a taste a hint a whiff of dissension in the ranks that all of a sudden they are literally the polar opposite position of you and can't help you in any way and can't add to your life in any way that is a terrible way to move through life it's no wonder that you, that so many people in these situations outside of their literal and very true oppressive uh, roles in society that they can that they already so, have to undertake that they're even more depressed because they automatically me. label everyone else against them. This it's is, crazy. This is the issue, though, right? And this is what baffles my mind about everything. Even this happens politically, socioeconomically, geo- geographically, religious, whatever, right? 
everyone screams about and and this is the royal everyone, whatever. They scream about oppression and how they're suppressed and all this other stuff, right? But the moment someone starts disagreeing with them, they are all on board with oppressing and suppressing and shutting which, down their which opponents. They, which which they, has happened to them. Which has happened to them, or, or which they justify because it happened they're, to them. Yeah, it's, it's which just is like, the look, opposite message they're like, trying look, to promote. I, I understand. I know this. you've done this to me, so now i found a way that I can do this to you. And it's like it's petty in my opinion. Well, it's and like again, a, this it, is like you run into this way more than I do, yeah, because you are a white man. <laughs> Literally, I have seen in the past two years, whenever a white guy tries to say something, it's like you shut the fuck up, all right? Yeah. You are not allowed to say shit, and I'm just like, isn't that the whole thing you've been fighting against? People telling you to shut the fuck up, and now you're turning around and telling someone else to shut the fuck up. No, motherfucker. All of you shut the fuck up and listen to each other. Actually just, talk. You can't. I, it just blows my fucking mind, honest to God. Like, I, and I, I sympathize, I sympathize with, with just the physical and emotional shitstorm that would be being, feeling like you are born in the wrong body and living your life up no, that way like, is absolutely. Yeah, like I tweeted yesterday or the, sometime this, I, I forget, it might have been Tuesday I tweeted out that like the, like the occurrences of racism that I've run into in the past couple of months has gone from maybe like once a year I'd have an outright situation of racism outside of an airport um, to like once every like month or two months or something literally i was walking back home from like the two blocks between the train station and here i happened to pass by the world trade center because i live right by the world trade center i've lived here for eight years right so much so that like bartenders in the bars know me people in the stores know me mm -hmm. i have a relationship with the people here i have no accent on my voice and i'm walking by and some tourist motherfucker is like all these fucking brown people are fucking taking over New York City and they can't even speak the language as he's like looking right at me. And like I look at him with the most what the fuck look and he's just like, yeah, go back to your fucking country. I'm like, motherfucker, I speak better English than you. Like <laughs> I was born here, you dunce. No, and then he's like, where go back where you came from? I'm like, motherfucker, I speak better English than you. I live right here for the past eight years. I've been a New Yorker for 30 years. What the fuck do you want from me? Uh, and well, the problem is I feel myself getting angry about it, and I'm like this is messed up. Which is the problem, right? Because the yeah. because I'm not an angry person, but I'm this. I like it's just like immediately as soon as I hear shit like that, I'm like, what the shit are you on? It's it's just like what happened that made you decide to say that right then and there. Uh, I. It's difficult because ultimately, yeah. ultimately, this is all just tribalism, right? It's yeah. all it's all people getting in the headspace that everything has to be us versus them. If anything is different, it's, di it, it, it's every not everything part of us. is is us versus them. And since everyone has to have a goal in which the end at the end point they are better off than they would be before. When you get into the the tribalist mentality, it's not only do you have to be better off than you were before; you have to be better off than the person across the hall from you. You can't just be better off personally uh, of your own accord. You have to be any group that you identify with has to be better off than the groups across the hall that you don't identify with that you uh, have, take issue with for the purpose of, of what I don't know. But I might. Okay. 
and this is outside this is outside the Scarlett Johansson thing and more just about the general uh, the right general now. like far left cultural bullshit stuff that we've got going on right now Even and the there's far a bunch right does the there's a bunch thing, of far right bullshit way. too but the uh, it's it's life is too fucking easy plain and simple yeah. in north america life is flat out too easy and it's gotten to the point where people... We have to make things difficult for ourselves. People are looking for ways to challenge themselves, but in ways, in ways that are instantly gratifying. And the quickest way Social to feel media. instantly gratified is, is by marginalizing others. And, and the, the fastest way to that point is to put yourself in a group with other people uh, as an identifier against the, the other group that you take issue with or vice versa. Make them be oppressing you so that you can attack them and feel good about it. And then that's it. It's like people are looking for a challenge that doesn't, that, that doesn't have to exist making the situation worse and then pointing at it as if it is evidence of why they are doing it in the first place. And it's because life is too fucking easy. That is it. I can't think of another reason why half of this shit would happen if people had to actually get up, drag their ass to work to not be living in a gutter somewhere is, is all I can fucking think of. Like, I, 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 can't, I can't imagine... Why you would you would allow yourself to be so angry about something so frivolous, uh, or 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 get in a position where you're spending more time arguing than just discussing to further the point? And uh, th- this is such a this is a this is a, a can of worms you open, and there's just there's there's point after point after point. You start It'll talking be hard to do this depending on who you have on the podcast too. It gets it's, 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 you just it's, this one this one just get loud and yeah, complicated and messy. You, you just start pulling I shit you, out we'll of the hat. Comments in the podcast and it's just like it's it just, gets really messy. Uh, it's just that's just so crazy. You have to keep uh, hedging everything. Um, like. <laughs> Uh, I I I I had a point, and it's it was in my mind, and it's getting so hot in this room right now that I'm not sure if I'm going to remember it. But uh, <laughs> it was it had something to do with what we were just talking about. But I can't I can't for for the life Up of me. Eighty six boys. Not bad. What am I at right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm probably I'm not quite there yet, but I'm getting there, judged by that thermometer back there. If that's to be believed. So. Yeah, it is. It is a can of worms. You keep going and going and going. But the, here, the the this is how what I'm going to say. Put this out here, and this is probably the most offensive thing that I can say, <laughs> or close to it. Okay, what you need to do is you need to think of the most average in every way individual that you can think of. Somebody who is neither winning at life or losing at life. They are neither of of particularly high intelligence. Neither are, are, are or, or you know, neither are they dumb as a post. They're just average. They're not going to be millionaires. They're not gonna. They're they're not good. They're they're doing whatever they can to to get out there and do their thing. They're nice people. It's whatever. Now take that and realize, you know, whatever crazy things you might hear them say, perhaps, or whatever ideas they have, because maybe these people are generally speaking, they're people that that aren't particularly highly educated. Imagine that 50% of the population is below that in every metric that we just talked about. (laughs) And then understand that 
that's the majority of who you're dealing with in these situations. You're not dealing with, you know, people on the fringe on the other side of highly educated, highly intelligent, um, successful people. They're not the ones out there trying to start a culture war right now. It's it's on this, this other end uh, of the spectrum. And you can't, if you can't, who is it? There's a quote. There's like, who is it that said this quote? Maybe somebody would know this. It's a quote, and I'm probably misquoting it just a little bit. And by that, I mean just changing the words up a bit. Where it's, you know, it's, it's difficult to win an argument with a smart person. It's impossible to win an argument with a stupid person. Because they, they There's don't know. There's an infinite know. reservoir of stupidity to pull from. You don't know. Or they don't know what they're arguing. So you can't, you can't win if you can't, if you There's can't no position, you can't position win. it. They can't position themselves. How are you supposed to have a conversation? So that's a, a real, honest to God challenge, and it's a very interesting social uh, science kind of uh, study and field is how society deals with the fact that um, such a large portion. Not everyone can be a doctor. Not everyone can be a Not rocket scientist. Not everyone gets to be an astronaut. Not everyone gets to sit in a chair and just talk into a microphone in front of 50 people and somehow survive. Like, there has to be people on the lower end that are, are mental. And this is an offense that people don't like hearing. This is uncomfortable. There are yeah. people whose IQs, they're, or they're just, if you don't like the word IQ, their intelligence is low enough that they're only really fit for duty in certain jobs because they're only capable of keeping track of so much shit and people don't like to hear that because they want to believe that everyone has the capacity to be whatever the fuck they want and that's why we have a marshmallow-ass generation right now. But that's not the case. It's not reality. And it's an interesting case subject because those people are all also allowed to vote. So... What what do you do when you come up against that wall, and you it's wonder the, why politics problem, and you wonder why politics and 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 these social issues that are talked about in social media the demographic are the largest demographic. You wonder why it's this it's this really um, short, uh, uncomplicated, divisive, clear cut, black and white uh, delivery of information. It's because it's the easiest way to, to bring that group of people into line with you. It has to be easy and, and uh, it has to be uh, digestible uh, and actionable. And, and it comes down to the same thing where there's another, another – I wish I was a guy that could remember names. It's like the, the quote about it's, uh, people aren't going to remember what you say. It's how you said it. It's an emotional attachment. So you you there's there's you get to game the system because that's the way it is and then you get these movements that are fucking stupid and they are they're fucking dumb but you can't win that conversation cuz they don't want to have one if you can't you can't if if one side is in you know they don't want to talk or they say they do and then as soon as you start talking they just yell at you and you they and they talk in circles forever i was watching the joe rogan podcast uh, the other day 
uh, a clip from it, and there was this this girl on it. I'll see if I can find the. You know what? Fucking Brock Lesnar had the right idea. Yeah, move like I said that before in this podcast. Move to Saskatchewan, yeah. middle of fucking nowhere, away from everyone. And like that, I was like, yes, Brock Lesnar has figured it out. He has he has solved the problem. Solved the problem. Uh, There's enough land to do that for almost everyone. Uh, well, for now, anyway. Uh, here it is. Candace Owens is her name. Might be one of the dumbest people that has been on this podcast. They spent 20 minutes talking about climate change, where she would say that she doesn't believe in climate change, but 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 yet she hasn't read up anything really on it, but she has a belief that it isn't true. But she also believes that scientists are just lying to everyone. It's the problem that everyone has that, or it's very common now, where it's the whole anti-intellectualism movement. It's not. It's not what you you prove. It's it's not what you can prove. It's how hard you can yell your opinion about it. Or, but it's not about facts. It's about how you feel. People like what I mean. This is what she said. All right. At one point in this in this this clip. All right, I'm going to post this clip in stream chat real quick. Let me just copy this link address. So if people want to watch this at some point. And they'll use logic and try to like bend logic to make it so that their so, point is valid. So, so at one and point. validate their own viewpoints. Confirmation bias. Joe, Joe and them, they were pulling up how it was. Uh, they were pulling up studies about how many scientists agree that climate change is being um, exacerbated by human activity. And they pulled up a website with a bunch of studies or whatever. And, and she looked at the website and said, yeah, but who's doing it? And they said, well, this is who we're doing it. And it was a perfectly reputable um, organization. But they were under the, they were under the a dot-com. She said, oh, it's a dot-com. They're making money. Can't trust them. So then later on, like ten, you know, f- five or ten minutes later in the conversation, they pull up another thing that, that, that was reading the, that between 91 and 97% of, of climate scientists that and the sample size panic, you would know about this sample size, 10,300. That is a fucking, the, the accuracy that you can pull out of 10,300 people in a community like of scientists, which think about how many scientists in the climate, so climate scientists specifically, how many of those exist and then take 10,300 of them to apply a model is like you're you are fucking close to whatever it is that you're going to uh, to accomplish unless you are crazy enough and have the time to already to cherry pick all 10,300 of them to suit your argument which would be an a, an absolutely insane undertaking and it was 91 to 97% agree that human activity is exasperating it and it was a dot org this time and she still was like nope you can't trust them because I heard that there are scientists that are that want them people to believe that climate change is being made worse by humans. They're the ones funding it, and so we can't trust them. It has to be somebody else. At which point I'm thinking, who do you trust? Who are you going to trust at this point to do this if you can't trust 
the people that you entrusted to create the fucking vehicle that you're driving or the people that put us on the fucking moon if you believe that we even went there or or put satellites into orbit or that or that make it possible for us to be able to predict the fucking weather or if a tornado's coming or an earthquake or a volcano eruption people that you give your put your life in their hand if you can't trust them who the fuck are you going to trust who and then to sit back and say, yeah, but so I just believe that it's not the case. And so, and so Adam, Joe, Joe said, no, Adam. but wait one sec, one sec. So Joe said, so my, my issue, Joe said was, you know, why are you, why are you saying you have a belief if you, if you don't even know about anything about the subject and you were not even willing to listen to the other side? And she said, well, you know, it's just, I, I, I just don't, I just don't believe it. I mean, people say that about religion all the time, at which point I checked the fuck, I checked the fuck out. So quick, she bounced it back to Joe. Said, "Do you believe in God?" And I said, "No. This is now we've gone. No, we're off the deep end." So that's that's who you're dealing with, and that's a person that has influence, social fucking influence. Adam, what? Am I out of touch? No, it's the <laughs> children that are wrong. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's, it's fucking it's, crazy. It's part of it is like it's the same thing with the flat earthers. I don't know if you saw my story about that or not i came um either way it's it's all come down all of that comes from the same root of anti-intellectualism um and it, it the whole snowflake marshmallow mentality and it's gotten kind of mutated in a really weird way where people are like you know what i've been told for so long that i can do whatever i want if i put my mind to it and then they put their mind to something and they didn't quite understand it or they had trouble comprehending it or there was an issue where they couldn't quite get the information they needed. And then they got to the point where it's like, am I the one that's wrong? No, no, I'm special. It's them who are wrong. And it's just kind of like coalesced into this like stone, like diamond hardness belief inside of themselves. And that's their foundation of logic. Which makes it again, like you said, impossible to argue it out. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's fucking crazy. So you get, I mean, this is an extension of of this whole thing, just spewing out of the Scarlett Johansson thing. But it it does it does paint, in my opinion, the picture a bit clearer because you have to understand the greater context of how you could get to a point where this many people could be this upset about something um f- like it, it's it's like they don't even think about the the totality of it they just want to be ang- they want to always be fucking angry at somebody and they always want it's it, i i don't want to say all of them because again we're not talking about this as the entire community is this way but there and, and it's not even that community specifically the there are, that are yelling there, the are, there are people from every every walk of life that are like this um but you can't go through life just blaming everyone else for all your shit. You have to take you have to take some some responsibility. And then on top of that, you have to be realistic about about how the people and the world around you is going to react to your situation at any given time. And there again it comes down there there is inequality. There are racist people, there are crazy it's crazy shit. But here's the deal. North America and 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 um a good chunk of, of Europe anyway has got it pretty fucking good. 
Like we've like in terms of the uh, human history, we're in a pretty good spot. I'm not saying we stop here, obviously, but the scariest part about this whole situation is that is that for us to get better, it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to be slow. It's it's kind of like the business 80/20 rule, right? You 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 get 80% of the way there um with a certain amount of effort and then that last 20% gets incrementally harder and longer time and more expensive, whether your expense is time or money, to in, to move that needle further, to get it from 80 to 100 or 80 to 85 or 85 to 90. It takes fucking forever and it's expensive. To go from 80 to 20 is cheap and it takes five days. It's, 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 the, it's the most horrifying things that people... You would, you would want to expect that this is a scale... That can't shift all that quickly. But the reality is that it is way easier for this to go tits up and off the rails than it is for for this to continue as it is and slowly climb in the right direction. Um, <laughs> and 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 you get that, and you should be like people should be seeing that right now, like as it is right now, and not just this whole movie thing or whatever. Yeah. But just this this uh, the way that the things are in society. You should be seeing that now. How quickly, because this is like a two-year-old thing at best. The last year has really sped this shit up. And you should see how quickly things can just fall the fuck apart. Um, and then how long it takes, if you think back throughout your life, if you're old enough, how long it takes for things to get better. And that's And that's not because... You know, it has, you know, because it, it, it's that way because somebody wants it to take a long time to get better. That's just because it takes a long time to get better. Like, it's, it's just, look at, again, perspective. Look at the world around you. Look at the country where Panic's family is from. I'll pull you into this shit. Um, things can get pretty hairy in that, in that part of the world, depending on what group you're part of. There, and I don't mean pretty hairy like somebody looks at you the wrong way or tells you to go back to your country. I mean, no, all of us look the same over there. Yeah, like brown hair, brown little, eyes, a little black different, hair. a little different. Um, so you confused if you say people have different color hair and eyes. Yes, it's like there. I'm just trying to like pull uh, things are so much shit uh, you like you could think of from places that you that I, you- I actually i actually shit you not um this was a couple of years ago not a couple of years this is like 10 15 years ago now at this point um someone who used to work for my grandfather in the house um you know kind of like a kind of like a housekeeper servant person um family is well off um mm-hmm. came up to me while we were watching tv you know they they were sitting in the room watching with us, you know, no big deal. Yeah. And they they turned to me and my brother and they asked, "Is it true that people in America look like they do on TV with like diff- like yellow hair and different color eyes and stuff?" <laughs> and I kind of looked at them and I'm like, "Yeah, like <laughs> yes. It's yes." <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I'm like, and then I, I'm like, what did you think it was? I'm like, oh, you know, like cartoons and stuff, they have all different color hair and stuff. I thought they did that with makeup on TV. And I was just like, no, no, no. People actually like it, people like people have different color hair. It just happens. It's, you know. But just just yeah. just think about how it, like I know people like to to just imagine sometimes that the rest of the world is just like you know, wherever they live. It's 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 a proximity effect thing. 
um, for sure is part of the problem, which would be what you just described there. It's like their exposure to it is basically zero or only limited to television or movies. And so there's a, uh, assumptions that have to be made because you don't have full information, but like fucking just stop. I, I know, I know it. And this isn't to excuse what's happening again. I'll say that for like the eight, I'll say that every like 15 minutes. Cause I have to think about places like China where it's a, a monstrous economy that's, I believe, still on track to take over the states in not a very particularly long period of time here, um, that's, that's blowing up uh, from an economic standpoint. And the, think of how the government is there and how the people live there on average. And just, uh, like, the, the shit that goes on in China... And then, and then, and then, imagine what your life is like here. Even if you are in an oppressed group, and it's fucking shit because it is, and it's garbage, and it shouldn't happen. And we're probably the 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 Western world and parts of Europe for sure as well. You could include it in other places of the world. There are places where we are much further along, and we should already be further. But it takes time. But just it sucks. But we're we are ahead. Of a lot of places. We're behind in some respects as well. But we are ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. In if you if you if you averaged everything out, we are fucking ahead of the game. If you're making thirty thousand dollars living in North America, you are the one percent in the world. Wrap your head around that shit for a hot second. Thirty grand is is what? Thirty grand is less than you make if you have any kind of degree and it's a little more than minimum wage in a lot of places in Canada, if you worked full hours, if you had full time hours and made 32, that's minimum wage. And you're the 1% poor, poor as fuck here, but the 1% globally. And, and that doesn't, again, it doesn't make it okay that there's fucking hurdles to get by here but the fact that you have the opportunity depending on where you are more than more than others and depending on lots of other factors and and everything else the opportunity to even have a chance to get so much further ahead that that like panic Take Panic as a fucking example. Panic's family comes over, they they pop Panic out and, and his brothers, and they're and in a country. One, okay, and his brother. <laughs> they, they and they bring them into a country, uh, basically predicated at this point on the American dream, <laughs> and uh, and set them up. But it's a country that is still facing huge amounts of racial tension and racial issues that don't just reside between blacks and whites, but it's whites and basically versus everyone else. And, and we all know the places in the States where that gets better and worse, but it is what it is. Even in New York, where like panic just gave the example, even in New York, um, it still happens today. And panic is, is by all accounts, a wildly successful person. His brother is a wildly successful person. My brother makes me look like a idiotic three-year-old. His family is what... There is opportunity. It's not going to be everyone that gets it, but the fact that it's there, and it's if happening. you try and do that in other places, 
if Panic went back to his the the family the, like the country where his family came from and tried to reproduce what he did here, it might not even exist as an opportunity for maybe not Panic because his family his family might My be family better off. Is relatively well off, but like, I, if, like it's the rare case where if I go back there, I'd have a much easier life. But the general but, populace yeah. in terms, it's not, not going to be the same. Uh, perspective that the, that's, is very that's important. actually like something my parents were mentioning my parents actually had the option of having it relatively easy over there um over time but my dad came over here and he ended up having not a lot so they, they effectively had to grind it out here even though they could have had it easy over there but they felt in the long run it would be better if they came to the u.s to grind it out as opposed to just coasting over there yeah so it was like a work ethic thing <laughs> you know it's um it's fucking it's it, it, uh, and and this is coming from a dude who's who's basically had as little hurdles as you could possibly imagine short of being born into old money which I haven't been there's not really too much more I could ask for I have little to no health issues shy of bad joints and back for being so fucking tall I'm a white male 65 200 pounds mildly attractive uh, with a voice that could get me into management pretty much anywhere I worked. If, uh, just by looks alone in business, I could basically coast halfway up the fucking food chain just because I look like I could be a dominant presence, uh, presence in a room. That, like, I, I have very little working against me. And I'm, I still sit back and think about the implications for other people and just how wild it is that we are as far along as we are here and there is still being, it's okay to, to not make light of, of the issues that we have, but realize, at least recognize that we are doing for all, for considering, think about it for a second. In, in Canada and the U.S., Canada being a melting pot, uh, or, or U.S. being a melting pot, Canada being a mosaic in terms of, uh, of, of how people socially integrate from outside the countries. You've got 350 million, 360 million people in America and 36 million people in Canada, but even 36 million people. You have that many people living on a chunk of land with various races, backgrounds, um, family success and failure, uh, different personal uh, hurdles. To give you another metric, um, home country Bangladesh. Yes. As half the population of the United States in a land area the size of Wisconsin. There you go. You've got you've got four That's cubic four times feet. The, four times the population of Canada. You've got four cubic feet of personal space in That's Bangladesh. Right. You I'm just put it in perspective. Box. If I'm in the city during the day trying to go from point A to point B, which may be like three miles away, it might take you the better part of two or three hours. Um, if you threw the same drive at like one in the morning, you can get there in about three minutes. My yeah. parents and I, we did like a trip to the countryside in Bangladesh. It was like a full, full day long odyssey <laughs> of ferries, traffic. road. No, not even traffic. Ferries, dirt roads, driving. <laughs> and we got there and it was like 10 hours later. We were exhausted. Our back hurt from the bumps in the road and everything. <laughs> we're driving in a micro bus, which again, the safety feature of the bus was a steel rod that was welded across the middle of this bus. Safe. Which, you know, not allowed in the U.S. No. Um, we get there and I'm like, Dad, we've been going for 10 hours. How far away are we from where we were? 
And my dad's like doing the math and I'm like, oh, wow, we went really far. And he's just like, <laughs> about 120 miles. Yeah, two hours. In 10 like, hours. Like a two-hour drive pretty much anywhere else. Yeah. Like, so, so you have all these That's people. That's the kind of infrastructure you're talking about. Yeah, you have, all, city. you have all these people living in relatively close quarters and they have to get along. They have to abide by a whole bunch of rules and try not to kill and steal uh, from each other and make shit go on like to anarchy in no time. It's not like other places where the racial, you know, homogeneous, uh, like it's not as racially homogenous. Like over here, we have such a mix. It's crazy. Like, uh, and to think that we are still making it work to the degree that we are, we should be, we, we shouldn't be constantly shaming everything. We should be proud of the fact that we are where we are now or that we can even get to this point and continue to work to improve it. Don't just make it out to seem like it is, it is apocalypse now. Every second of every day for every group of every walk of life that isn't a white person. Just, it's, because that's not the case. It's, it, it just blows my fucking mind. Just stop and think about stuff for a second. Uh, ah, ah, ah. It's nuts. It's crazy panic. It's crazy yeah. fucking world. I could sit here and talk for five hours about tech it. Tech support. <laughs> tech support time before we both die of heat stroke. Or rage. I mean, or rage. I'm not even angry. I'm just like my I'm just baffled a I'm lot angry. of the time these days. I'm just baffled. Just angry. <laughs> uh Goose asked like fifteen questions because nobody else was posting questions in fairness because I didn't get a chance to post until I got back from being out all day. Uh so let me see what he's got here. Uh Holy shit, he's got a lot of questions here. Okay. Here's one. Do you have a favorite thing? TV show, movie, video game, restaurant, Steve lists, amateur porn star, that never really took off or made it big, but you wish it had? For me, uh, it was the game Evolve, released in 2015. So do you have anything... It doesn't have to be a game. It could be anything. I know, I know. Something that took off. Yeah, um, something that never... Well, something that you wish took off but never did. This is going to be the cop-out answer while I think about the real one, but Firefly. <laughs> that is definitely cop-out as fuck, for sure. No, that, that's... Uh, I got to think, think about that one. Um, uh, something that never really took off, but I wish I did... But I wish it did. Um... intellectualism <laughs> topical topical that no, definitely i think that definitely like, i think that definitely took off it had its time the problem is, yeah. is it's not here right now there was definitely a time where people revered intellectuals and now it's definitely becoming more challenging um man what do i wish took off that didn't 
Mm, that's a really hard question. Because it's like a big what if question that's like tricky to like lock in on. Um, there are a couple of Perfect Storm games that I'm thinking of that did, didn't make it, but they should have. Oh, what are yeah, those? no, um, Tabula Rasa. Yeah, that's a, the, yeah, that's a good one. That was the uh, Richard Garriott game. Um, it was like one of the first first-person shooter MMOs, and it was really cool. But it kind of got, it had like a kind of a buggy launch, and then NCSoft kind of killed it while Garriott was in space, <laughs> and he was in quarantine, so he couldn't do anything about it. So, yeah, but that was a good game, and it didn't quite get a fair shake. Mmm. But also intellectualism. <laughs> uh. I wish that um, puzzle adventure games properly took off. They had a, had their heyday. Well, I don't think they did. I think they. I think that what happened was Mist did really well in like from ninety three to ninety like eight or two thousand, and then The Sims came out, and then that was the show in terms of high PC sales. But you also have to remember that video games on the PC also until uh, like the late nineties didn't really take off in general. Um, and then as soon as they did, most of them were pretty much shooters <laughs> or, uh, or, uh, strategy games there, you know, they, they, they had, they had a moment, but they had a moment during the lowest possible time in PC gaming, essentially. In terms of modern PC gaming, if you wanted to call the 90s the, you know, the birth of modern PC gaming with voodoo cards and all that shit. So um, I'm going to go with that. And, I, and, and they've, they've had like uh, that genre's had bits and pieces of, of, of making a comeback with indie games being more prevalent and, and, and those studios taking um, you know, uh, risks with, with doing puzzle adventures or like single, pre- single people making games and choosing to do that genre because it's something that's more attainable for a single person to do. Uh, but yeah, I wish that, I wish that that had taken off more because, uh, there's something, there's something nice about, uh, about the, uh, the pace of a puzzle game and the pick up and play and put down and think about uh, a puzzle and, and, and not, just be constantly on all the time is really good. So not the witless. Uh, no, definitely not. Definitely not that. Oh God, fuck. Uh, that. Oh, don't even get me started on. I don't get forget triggered. to fill out your survey for missed. They sent that out. I did. I got it and I filled it out. So I'm good. Okay, We're in the clear. I'm gonna get another survey at some point or another thing to choose. Yeah. Choose the art form uh, at some I only point. Went, I only went up to the the link book, the working link book. Yeah, no, I got I got in yeah, on that I art. Went all in ASAP. Uh, I was like number eleven or thirteen or something like that. They got in on that. Um, so man, what else though? It's going to be something else. I'll try and figure out like a TV show. I'll go. I'll, I'll say I'll say my default cop out is Freaks and Geeks. Never <laughs> uh, never stuck around for more than the one season. Uh, so that's, that'll be my, my TV answer, uh, I guess. And I want to get something that's not movies or TV. Um, oh, 
Hmm. I'm gonna here's I'm gonna reverse it, baby. What's because this this is usually a bit easier. What do you what is something that took off that you wish didn't take off? Something that took off that I wish didn't take off. Yeah, so reverse the question. So what's something that that took off that uh, you wish didn't take off? Robin Thicke's blurred lines. <laughs> what a random fucking thing that is, dude! You have no idea how much I had to listen to that godforsaken goddamn song. Oh man, that's fair though. That song, that song was quite something. Definitely a song that couldn't be released in 2018. <laughs> Uh, the Kardashians. That's good. Oh, that's true. That's a good one. Kanye uh, West. CrossFit. CrossFit. <laughs> um. Diet fads of pretty much any kind. Um. Because there's some fucking stupid diets out there. Uh. I wish shooters didn't take off in games as much as they did because they became, they became pretty much the, you know, the, the, the prevailing wins of the last 20 fucking years in games are, are shooters. Um, and, and shooters like eventually just crept their way. Like we're in that period where it's how, like how many genres can we squeeze shooting mechanics into? It was like the. It was like who, like you said, tabula, tabula, uh, tabula rasa, tabula rasa. It was like, how can we get guns into an RPG and an MMO? How can we make that happen? Um, yeah. Oh, vaping. Oh my God. Yes. Perfect. Done. Oh yes. That's it. That's that's the one. That is it. Uh, I saw a group when I went to the mall not long ago to pick up some Thai food and we were walking back to the car and there were like this group of 13 year olds, a couple of guys and a girl and one of them was vaping and I just about projectile fucking vomited right there and then. Uh, I also considered walking up to him, open hand slapping him in the face, taking his, his friggin vape, whatever e-cigarette bullshit and stomping it on the ground. Holy shit. Please. No, stop. Also, I wish uh, that smoking would go away in a combination because we were on the beach today oh and, and there's not that many people that smoke anymore, at least here. There's not that many. There's still a decent number, but most of them are older. They're people who have been smoking since before not smoking was, you know, in vogue. And, uh, but smoke. again, 14 year old kids just smoking cigarettes on the beach uh, and I had to smell that shit for like two hours and it's like just do that in your own home just go do something else who's who is picking like other than Japan and most of, of Asia in general who hasn't gotten over smoking yet who in the fuck makes the choice with everything that we know and have known for for however long it's been, at least my lifetime, so we're going on 30 years, who is deciding as a youth to get out there and smoke cigarettes? Why would you do that shit? Because it's edgy. But it's not. You look like a fucking tool now because nobody wants to smell that shit or even like like your breath is bad and, you, and you reek. It's just awful. Why would you do that? Yeah, but if there's peer pressure... 
That means the people who are peer pressuring also have to be smokers. Like, fuck, just, why? It's their way to rebel against their why? parents. Parents say, don't smoke. Guess what? I'm going to fucking smoke, Mom. Oh, it's so bad. I don't smoke, by the way, Mom, if you ever listen to the podcast. Oh, my God. Just stop the madness. There you go. There's a, a long-winded answer. Here's one from Mark, the video editor and God himself. Stubbed toe, funny bone hit, or kick to the shin? What's the worst? Uh, definitely not a stub toe, because that just fucking sucks. Um, it would depend on what's kicking me in the shin. Are we talking like steel-toed boot? I think it's just a good old classic kick to the shin. Like the, like your, uh, uh, a girlfriend or a significant other or whatever is just angry at you and they default to the classic, fuck it, I'm going to be a 90s sitcom and shit, you know, just kick you in the shin. I'm going to take the shin kick over the funny bone. I'm saying funny bone is the worst for sure. Like funny really? bone. You, My it, funny you, bone wears off after a short time. The shin kick... Oh no, not for me. If I hit my funny bone bad, it's it's there for for a while, and oh. I get numbness in like my. You already get numbness in the hand, so like I'm used yeah, to you're, it. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 desensitized then. But on for, the one hand, like the left hand yeah. funny bone hits happen, I'm like, all right, I can. It's fine. I'd rather take the kick to the shin. Um, and I would take kick to the shin over stub toe. Because stub toe is the worst. Uh, I've 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 stub toe and ripped my nail off, and I would yeah exactly. That's the worst. So I would rather just get kicked in the shins. That's what I'm sure. saying. I would take the shin kick over yeah. the funny bone of the hundred hundred percent, hundred percent. Will asks. Have you ever met a personal hero or a celebrity? Were they cool or a jerk? I don't have like hero types of like the big name folks. Um, but I've met a bunch of celebrities and stuff. Um, and I've had a combination of really nice and really dickish. So it, it varies like Ernie Hudson. Really nice. Um, what do you call it? I met a guy. I met the people from Supernatural. Super nice. Um, voice actors from DBZ, hilarious and super nice. Trying to think of who was a dick. Um, I never actually met a celebrity who's been really a dick. I've met some people who are more famous than they should be, and they've been dicks. <laughs> like, like I Jessica haven't met, was not very polite. <laughs> yeah, I haven't met anyone who's like who was like a dick. I've just met people yeah. who who were less social than yeah, I'm not others. the kind. Yeah, I'm not the kind of like fanboy or whatever. Like, I won't run up to someone. Like most of the time, I've just been like, "Oh, hey, you're so and so," and just do like a handshake and be like, "Nice meeting you." And I'm like, I don't. I'm not like the one who will be like, "Oh, let me take a selfie or what." No, I'm just like, "Oh, cool." Yeah, 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 <laughs> Just move on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a polite conversation. Like, oh, hey, cool. <laughs> Go on. Do um, thing. So, I haven't met like a slew of them. Uh, the famous one was when I talked to Dallas Page on the po- uh, on uh, my stream years ago, 
when he found out that I bought DDP Yoga and this was when the, it hadn't really taken off yeah. yet. He called me up and he talked to me for like two and a half, three hours. Yeah, I was on the stream for that. It was that. insane. It was like the yeah. three straight hours of talking to a childhood hero. It was bonkers. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't think anyone, whether professionally uh, who know Dallas or uh, people who have met him as a fan, he's he's pretty much uh, a really good dude across the board. So that was a, uh, a positive experience. Um, uh, oh, what's... I'm vapor locking right now. The heat is getting to me. <laughs> um, I am. Uh, the lights are starting Garrett, to get to me. Garrett Wong. Uh, Harry Kim from Voyager. Voyager. Uh, I got to I got to meet him uh, about as intimately as I did Dallas, except I get to to meet him in person. You interviewed him for a while. Didn't I you? I interviewed him for a while and talked to him pretty extensively both before and after the interview, and uh, he was um, he was a very nice guy, super talkative. Uh, very easy to talk to, super easy to interview, uh, mostly I because found, he does all the talking. Yeah. I found with celebrities, if you treat them like people and not like gods, they are super nice because they yeah, really yeah. enjoy being treated like normal human beings yeah. and having actual real conversation other than like, oh my God, what did you think about so-and-so's role in your episode of this? I'm just like, no. like cool, what have you been up to? It's like normal conversation. They get excited about that because they're like, oh my God, someone's not fanboying over me. It's incredible. They're actually yeah. interested in me as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so he, but he was just all, and, yeah. and he, but I think that's his persona in general. Like you see, like every con that he goes to, he's the, uh, he's the MC for every, uh, for every Alcon. panel, every, yeah. Well, yeah, how con, but how con, um, Dragon oh, Con, everything, every panel that exists, he's like the MC that does the interviewing for everyone. Uh, he's he's just a laid back guy. He's a very laid back guy and he's super into cons. So yeah, yeah I think that's just his, his personality in, in general. He gets paid to just chill and hang out with people. Exactly. Um, and then Which is else? funny because there are a lot of celebrities who absolutely hate conventions. Uh, yeah, like my next guy that I will say that was a pain in the ass to interview was, um, uh, Johnny Young Bosch. Really? Uh, was a massive, you know, pain in the ass to interview. It was, uh, if only... I met him once. He was pretty nice. It wasn't that he, he's not, I'm not saying he was, oh. he was, I'm not saying he was, uh, he was not nice. He was ah. very, very nice. Just difficult to interview because what, like one word answers or something. Um, in the beginning, he eventually like I, I eventually, I, I, and a lot of it was I was thankful that I had five minutes Time. before the interview to try and warm, warm him up, warm him up, or warm him up to me, or just the concept of it. Because I'm some nobody fuckboy from Halifax, Nova Scotia, doing a local TV program like it's Wayne's World, interviewing him about some shit. And I know, I know him. I know, I know certain bits of his work and what he was currently working on. But I don't know everything there is to know about fucking Johnny Young Bosch. And so, like, I had to take some time to try and work it, work it out of him. And he was definitely on the the one word answer fence for a while until. Uh, we get to break out of it, but he was, um, 
He was the closest I ever had for a celebrity that felt like they just didn't want to be there at the time. If that makes sense. Whether he was just exhausted from whatever he was doing or whatever, that's the closest. I don't yeah, know. Like he had enough for like, but he, at the moment. Yeah, but again, wasn't mean, wasn't anything like that. That it was just a difficult, difficult interview he was for like me. Tired. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was the the, the, the difficult uh, one for me. Uh, other than that, yeah, no, I don't think I've met like huge slews of uh, particularly uh famous people but like panic pretty much everyone i've met has been has been nice uh and very few of them the only oh well i'll i'll put it this way the only people that that have celebrity in the new age sense like they're a youtube celebrity or they're or they're those they are, the are the worst. They're the most likely to be assholes. Like uh, of old media versus the new, worst. the most likely to be a fucking dick is somebody who is big on social media, and that's what they're famous for. That's the most of like because I've like, met lots of those people. I've had dinner interviews with celebrities, but yeah. like actual bigger name celebrities, like. Not necessarily A-list. The dinner ones were like B and C-list ones. But they were all super polite. You know, there was a couple of us who were doing the interview. And it was just like a very casual, polite dinner interview. And it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm dealing with a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Trying to do the same thing with like a Twitch star or a YouTube star. And I'm sitting there like because I, I did a lot of the media management stuff for you know some of the media companies I've worked with. So, you know, I was kind of the one that was like doing the handler portion of it from the media company side because there's always the handlers for the person. Yes. But then there's also handlers for the media people to be like, OK, yes. I want so and so to do the interview or we're going to coordinate it this way. And usually I'm present. So I do a lot of the initial interactions mm. and then I'll kind of give them that this is the kind of thing we're going for. You're going to be working with so and so person. This is what it is kind of warm them up to it and working with most of the celebrities and stuff they're used to it they understand what's going on and it's very yeah. easy it's very casual it's cordial it's polite but then i started you know i did some of the same stuff with the twitch people or some of the youtube people and like i'm sitting there and i'm getting things like where the fuck is my sandwich actual quotes and comments that i've had people say to me and i'm just like what the fuck is going on i actually had someone say where the fuck is my sandwich to me and i'm just like I am oh not your personal assistant. God, why? But yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I can say. But it is similar experiences. Yeah, um, is the you know the the people most likely that have celebrity that are most likely yeah. to be assholes are the, the new, new age are the, worst. The, the new age social media celebrities. Those are yeah. definitely uh, definitely the worst. Uh, I actually have a question from chat that I'm curious about. Go for it. This one's from YK4Y. Hey, Adam, I really like your GameCo <laughs> TV stuff. Would you ever consider doing stuff like that again? Uh, I mean, I, I guess that just boils down to, do you want to MC some shit? Because that's basically what I was doing on the show, right? Um, you were the Jimmy Fallon of Halifax. I was the Jimmy Fallon. Well, they tried to make me that. I tried, Dude, I tried so hard to not make that the fucking shtick. I, you have no idea how hard I worked to be. <laughs> And did not, and it didn't go over. I I didn't want. I wanted so bad for it to not be like some weird late night TV <laughs> bullshit. But I didn't have enough gravita, I guess, to to make that happen. Um, I would absolutely. I I loved doing that shit because I got to meet a lot of people. I got to talk to a lot of interesting people, and the positives outweighed the negatives most of the time. Doing that kind of work, I love. Uh, I I I. I 
I, I, I don't love the sound of my own voice necessarily, which is why I like that job. Right, because you you get to you had to talk to other people. You get to do like small pockets of talking, and here's a shitty dad joke, and then here let's let this person talk for like ten minutes. And it was just a way. Uh, I love listening. To, I love listening to other people talk about their experiences. It's why I can go on like deep YouTube binges of listening to podcast interviews and things like that. Is I I'm interested in other people's life experiences and and their opinions and and whatnot it's all very interesting to me so that was the best part of the job it was a fringe benefit that i also got to uh meet celebrities um even the short list of them that i did or even come close you know in close contact with with it was experience some of them it was fun uh and i yeah i would totally uh do that kind of stuff again um uh, the only reason I stopped doing it is because they they weren't uh, they weren't going to be able to pay me anywhere near as much as they had originally, which wasn't mm-hmm. even that much it to, begin with. to begin with. <laughs> and so I had to balance what I was doing outside of that uh, versus taking the time to to do this stuff for next you know next to no money. And I was Producing just like, a I show can't. Is not easy. I can't. Nah, I can't do that. Like my, I, it went. I went from like, I went from being the lead of the show to being even more heavily involved in the back end stuff and, and trying to juggle things and then budget you stuff went, from went being tits like up. a host and a thing to being like the actual producer, I think. Yeah. I and it, correctly from what yeah. And it was weird. So yeah, I would, I wouldn't mind doing that again uh, for sure. Just in a different capacity. Um, it, it is definitely a, a, a fun thing. I like to think that I'm kind of sort of okay at it. So it, was, it would be fun to do it again. I'd love to host panels and shit like that. It would be fun. Um, I'm just, I just don't have any actual name to go out and do that with. So I'll just sit here on my own podcast and listen to the sound of my own voice for three hours at a time. Last question, Panic. This comes from Mojo's Bouncer. It says, uh, when did you totally fuck everything up but nobody ever found out that it was you? Have you ever had one of those moments? You've done something and you know it's a, you, something has, has fucked up and then somehow, against all odds, nobody finds out. People know that it happened, but they never find out who it was. Did you ever, did you ever get yourself into that situation? I haven't had too many like ultra fuck-ups other than like the stream house and that whole immigration thing. But <laughs> Yeah, but people think, knew that was you. No, people find it. They, I'm trying to think if there's anyone. Um, no, honestly, no, because I'm like I'm one of those people that if I fuck something up, I I I, I own it. Yeah, like it's a big thing for me at work. Like if I screw up, I'm gonna be the first one to say, "Yo, I think I fucked something up." Yeah, because of course, at that yeah. point, I can be like one. I can get confirmation that if I did actually fuck something up or not, and two. It's a lot easier to fix something when more than one person is looking at it. Yes, exactly. And be like, you know what? I might have fucked this up, but if I don't say anything, it's going to get fucked up even more. <laughs> and I, I, I've worked production support for years, so there have been mistakes. And I've made mistakes personally. And it's happened. Um, hell, it happened like two weeks ago. I made a mistake. I didn't even realize I made a mistake. We found out later. But at that point, I looked at it and I'm like, no, that was definitely me. Like when we looked at what happened, I'm like, mm. no, that was definitely me. Just because it's, it's for me, it's, I'm big on accountability 
and all of that stuff. Of course, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. But I can I can go so it's far hard enough. To, it's hard to think if I if someone never found out. I can go far enough back in time yeah. before I even had a thing before my before my brain even thought about accountability. So when I was like a kid, a kid, and I was at my buddy Ryan's place, and uh, it was after school. We were hanging out, playing some some PlayStation Two, playing some. Grand Turismo, A-Spec, it's good times. And we were in the midst of a, a, a very long race, one of the, like, the, the Le Mans races or, or whatever. It was a super, like, and they made you actually race for like four or five fucking hours. It was so dumb. It was crazy. But we were, we were doing it. And I needed to use the washroom. So I went, uh. and the washroom that we had, closest one was on the main, uh, the, the same floor that we were on, which was the top floor. I go in, use the washroom, and I fucking blew that bathroom up, bro. I just absolutely destroyed that bathroom. It was it was like a nuclear bomb had gone off in there. And when I when I flushed the toilet, it like flushed, but it it didn't look clogged. <laughs> it but, was like that half clog, but it You're also sure. but it also didn't clear nor like normally if the bowl emptied but didn't quite fill back up yeah. and you're not sure if it like and you, yeah and you're like uh, and being as young as I was I was like whatever I, I wasn't thinking that much about it I just looked at it, I was like yeah it's close enough wash my hands go back in and play some games hours later his dad oh, is upstairs God. and I hear I hear him fucking cursing and screaming outside the door and I was like what the hell is happening right now and he was like who the fuck clogged the toilet and I, and I was like, I, it, I didn't say anything because other people, like, I, I didn't say anything. Nobody else was home really when it was happening at the time. It could have been anyone throughout the day. So there was no way to point fingers. I didn't say shit. And the reason why I didn't say shit is because somebody else tried to use the washroom and they flushed and walked away. And after they flushed and walked away, it overflowed and there was fucking water oh. everywhere. And so Daryl is cursing, and screaming. And I was like, nope, I'm not well, taking here's ownership. The thing. Here's the thing. That, they should have, that person should have held themselves to account being like, oh, shit, this overflowed. Well, I think, though, they flushed and walked away. Like, it was probably like they, they just took a piss or something uh, and flushed and walked away. And so there wasn't like, watch the how often does somebody flush a piss and then stand there and watch the whole process? I make sure the toilet finishes because I hold myself accountable, okay? <laughs> So that was what I did. I, t- I just destroyed the bathroom, left it, and later on it overflowed and it got out into the carpet in the hallway and it was just a bad fucking time and nobody ever knew. So that was that was my that was my my fuck up. So I there might you go. have had something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's had uh, a, a bad toilet story at some point, especially oh if you're God. at somebody else's house, the last place that you want something to happen. I think one of the best things I ever saw toilet wise was when I was on. Uh, oh. Yes, I have one. Okay, go for it. I have one. Um, so I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to this podcast. So, I'm <laughs> safe. Um, so we had an escalating prank war in college. Um, and it went pretty far to the point where at one point the police had to get involved because one of our roommates tied all the doors shut and then left the apartment for the weekend. So three of us were stuck on a second floor apartment with no way out of our rooms because all of them were tied together with rope towards climbing ropes. That was the level that this prank war got to. Um, so 
earlier on, I had gotten to messing with one of my uh, people in the prank wars, bed sheets, and I had put all the stuff in the fridge um, with a light misting of water to ice them up. And that one went over hilariously. So I had found a new one that was, um, I'm going to say, devastating. <laughs> um, so we took off the sheets off the mattress and we laid a layer <laughs> of sugar like a fine layer of sugar all over the mattress okay. and then we put the sheets back on and then we put another layer of fine sugar over the sheets and we put the sheets on and everything like normal like the bed guy lays down <laughs> now that, this is <laughs> terrible you guys are assholes this is terrible. Dude, it, this was an escalating prank war. Like, I actually might have blown out my eardrum at one point because someone blew an air horn in a concrete room. Oh, like, God. Um, they also, just to put it in perspective, um, I had a tendency to go from my bed, to, ju- uh, to go from my chair to jump into bed. They had wrapped my entire mattress in that orange construction fencing. Oh, I hit, no. I, I hit the bed and springboarded off and landed on my, <laughs> landed on my stereo. Okay. That's pretty good. So, so this stuff like escalated. Um, now the problem was we ended up having a hotter than normal snap than we were expecting. So instead of it being just like normal, what I was expecting where it would just lightly get sticky, this shit caramelized on both layers. Oh, Cause this no. guy actually slept hot. So he woke up in the morning and his sheets were sticky. He was sticky and covered in like caramely stuff. And ah. then the ants. Oh, no, the the ants. ants? No. And we were kind of just like, no one really knew who did it. And we were going to, like, I was going to go and be like, ha ha, I got you. And then we saw it. I'm like, no, I'm going to let this one go. Yeah, that one has to go (laughs) unknown. That one has to be unknown because the, the motherfucker caramelized some sugar and got ants. You've taken it too far. No, no, no. They, they, it escalated way beyond that. But oh, that was sure the one where I was just like, I'm not going to take credit for that one. Oh, once he did that, I mean, he has to. He has to one up basically everyone. Oh, he at that he point. he went. He went. He went. He he got everyone. Like everyone got wrecked for that one. Holy shit! Well, ladies and gentlemen, on that happy go lucky note, we're going to uh, end this three hour and ten minute podcast. We made it work with our rage. We did. We, we just had to basically get to a point where I talked in circles about social bullshit for at we, least we 45 minutes. We both talked minutes. in circles. Uh, it's good. You know, yeah. it was exercise. We, we walked around long enough and we got there uh, eventually. Uh, God, it's getting so hot in here. I've just got a full body sweat on just right now, just yeah, sitting still. I, I need to like get out of this and turn off the lights. Uh, but yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for, uh, for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, if you're here on the live stream, thank you for listening, uh, or I'm watching if you're on YouTube or otherwise. Uh, and as always, let me put on this out of date end screen and then go to the real list and show you guys or tell you guys about all of our incredible patrons. You know what we need to do, Panic? We need to get pictures of our of our swag ups so that people yeah. actually know what it looks like. 
Uh, we I'll do that to... this week, and I actually have to set up all my camera stuff again to do some photo shoot stuff. Yeah, so I should be able to crack that out. We need to well, we need to like wildly overhaul this Patreon page as well. Uh, this is a whole whack. We of should shit also that needs condense to it down to just one type of package, physical or no physical. Uh, yeah, it, we're all definitely. I've been I've been hard on the thinking about that one for sure. Uh, we're gonna work out something and try and streamline it because right now we are all over the place. Uh, Jetrix. Finally, took a break from selling black tar heroin and moved down to just regular old-fashioned cocaine. You know, sometimes business gets difficult and you have to switch it up. You have to be malleable panic. You have to move markets. You can't just stay in one place forever. You have to change it up. So now instead of $500, he's only at $250 a month. What a shame. An absolute crying shame that he has only given us $6,850 of his money. What an absolute, what an absolute, absolute crying shame. Postal Panda, also in that tier. Then we've got Matt Miller, Chico, Toad of Steel, Black Jimmy, Jamaican Jazz, Adam Barlow, Derek Payne, Martin... Uh, let's see who else we got here. Soft Shoe, Mr. Miyagi. I've just got the habit of reading off a bunch of people who have given us just hordes of money. Mr. Miyagi, CMC, Will, uh, or just just William, Saren, Kyle, just Richard. Uh, You're just going off the Nikki, API page. You're not Nikki, even looking at the screen. Uh, no, no API. So no, the, the that the, the one on the screen right now hasn't been updated in. Ages and the, the <laughs> problem with that screen is that it only accounts for current, yeah, uh, current uh, people in those. Yeah, so the people that have been like, let's say at the at the fifty dollar or twenty five dollar for a long time, they're like four hundred, five hundred dollars deep at this point. So we gotta we gotta expand. So I'm just reading off names at this point, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all so much once again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Head on over to patreon.com slash alpha if you want to join in and uh, support. The effort, and uh, yeah, I don't go technical alpha dot audio if you want to uh, listen to any of these shows or download them off of anything other than your usual services. If you want to have them just uh, somewhere else, it's a, a possibility for you. And uh, that's going to be it for us. So until we see you guys next time, thank you once again. Uh, have a good morning, afternoon, or evening, and uh, we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Peace. Oh.